0: Blood Talk Radio It's time to strap our boots on This is the perfect day to die Wipe the blood out of our eyes Is true. We are the ones who will never be broken. With our final breath, we'll fight to the death. We are soldiers, we are soldiers.
1: Movement uh, definitely because, yes, folks, the re election of President Trump is being stolen. Uh, we're saying that here uh, right on the show. And speaking of uh, standing shorter, the shorter, we definitely need to because we even have people who are so you know, Republicans and so called conservative commentators who are already talking about a Biden in this, uh, administration while we are still deep. Uh, within this fight. And so, of course, we have to be the voice of what I say the new resistance and be, of course, uh, the grassroots who are still uh, fighting for uh, the Trump vignette against this stolen vote. And we do have, uh, speaking of shoulder to shoulder, and uh, we are soldiers is the name of the the starting uh, music here for the show. Uh, We will have, uh, we will welcome retired major of the U.S. Army Military Police Corps, and we'll have David in uh, tonight. Uh, we also will have Junior in. We're also going to have, we know we're Chris here, who uh, worked with the Bevin campaign, definitely got some uh, important information there, and we're uh, going to open up the mic first by Kelly so we can introduce uh, our guest, Chris, and then we do have other folks already ready to chime in. Just push the one on your number dial. And uh, we will get you into the show. Uh, so let's go ahead and get in. Kelly, uh, thank you very much, Kelly, uh, for coming to the show. Uh, the fight continues. We're still uh, working on the – I don't even like to say how are you tonight because I think we are all kind of know where we're at at this point.
2: <laughs> I would say I'm exhausted and burned out, but I keep going. So it's exciting to have uh, four – election integrity activists in four states and you know people keep uh say well it's over biden won." well the electoral college has not met yet and that's on december 14th and then on january 6th congress will count the votes january 20th is inauguration where a president is sworn in or sworn at um so it's not over yet lawsuits are flying right and left uh there's been Within the last week, there has been three states, which would be um, Michigan. Well, in order would be Pennsylvania last week and then Arizona. And Michigan went two days with their uh, legislative hearings. And if they take things back, um, even though the six states are in contention, um, if if the legislatures take three states back, Trump can win. Of these six contested states, you go from the – southwest of the country where clockwise you got arizona nevada wisconsin michigan pennsylvania and georgia and so all sorts of things are happening and uh, uh biden's going to need four of these states to win again there are court challenges that happened it's almost becoming habit now with a presidential election and so you, you can have scotus weigh in you can have the legislatures uh, weigh in and actually if you throw out those six states the electoral college is 227 for Biden and 232 for Trump. So, anyway, so Biden will need four of these, and uh, Trump's going to need three. So we're it's going to be very exciting over the next several weeks. I want to get Chris from Kentucky in, and she's helping with the Bevin's campaign, and just give us an update on she's found, what she knows, uh, and then Dave Getz will come in about 7:30 at the bottom of the hour. So I guess I want to turn it over to Chris. Chris is a get it done kind of person. I think you were a liaison to, was it the legislature or the governor?
1: Well,
3: go ahead. Bring in. in Chris now. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, so yeah I was, uh, I was a, um, the sixth district liaison, sixth congressional district liaison to governor Bevan's office for, I think it was three of the four years. And, um, Say you know, plugged in and was called in when uh, Russ Ramsland came to Kentucky after what was seen in the, the, the Bevan Bashir election. <clears throat> and um, we've been working since. We still are. We're still moving forward. And, um, you know, with what we're seeing, we've been paying close attention to um, all the information from, you know, the, the Dominion Decidal to Clarity and so on. We had been given this information, um, but we were too small and didn't have any funding to get anything done quickly enough. But the good news is, is that, A, we are still working, but, B, it appears as though they went immediately to Washington with this. And um, I'm hoping what they're saying is absolutely true. I have no reason to believe it's not, but that um, this, this, this information stream was being watched in real time. <clears throat> Um, so with what we've learned, um, we did some open records requests because there were just some very strange uh, anomalous findings with statistics and numbers and so on. And with our limited resources, we ha- I actually personally hand recounted 25 precincts out of Jefferson County and um, found out of those 25 precincts, found seven of them with some strange findings. And now in hindsight, see, everybody keeps asking if, if they're going to do something electronic, why, does, why do the tapes match? Why do you keep having, you know, the, the numbers on the ground match? Well, they don't. And the fact of the matter is is that nobody can – you can't count everything in time. Um, we're finding out in Atlanta. They're not counting everything. And if they're counting things, they're counting illegal ballots. But one of the findings I found – I'll tell you all of the findings because they were head scratchers at first, but I think that they're getting more clear all the time. Um, We had seven of those precincts had plus one vote for Bashir with no physical matching ballot. And then when you looked at how it was tabulated, every single one of those was a straight party ticket. So that's, you know, for seven of those, I thought that was kind of interesting. The other one I thought at first, you know, was scratching my head, but now I think it's getting clearer. And we had one precinct that had 70 ballots physically present but not counted, 68 for Bashir and two for the third-party candidate. And when you hear what's going on with the, ele- the electronic steal, they for sure use a third-party candidate in, in using, you know, using fractions and you know figuring out where you can play and so on and so forth. But I think what may have happened here was that they had an operative. I was listening to Carl Chris Mills. That was on uh, another show this past week, saying that when these programs are made, that they rely on high-tech and low-tech operators, and low-tech meaning that you, if you have if you have you know operate operatives in in select precincts, all you need is a ballot stuffer, and I am our working hypothesis on these 70 ballots is there was a ballot stuffer in that precinct, and at the end of the day. In error, the seventy ballots got swept into the record. I have a feeling that they were they were at the ready to stuff and never went and um, they got swept into the record. so we have them, and our current project underway is we are going to be um, and hopefully I, I believe we have a um, a financier a, a donor to pay for this in its entirety <clears throat> but we have open records requests that we're going to be spreading out from Jefferson to Fayette to Warren County, and then four—I believe, maybe five—counties um, in northern Kentucky. And we're going to be uh, auditing the um, the sign-in, the log, the voter log to the tapes because I, listening to this, um, I believe what what because we, we didn't have Dominion. We had ES, and it was a hodgepodge. Um, you know, they claim the air, air gap and so on and so forth, but I have a feeling, my working hypothesis, the seal begins with the electronic sign-in. Anywhere that there's electronic, electronic sign-ins used, um, all they need is precinct data to know how many, uh, you know, how many people haven't voted near the end of the day, how many, um, you know, how many dead people are still on the rolls. I mean, I, I think... What happens at the end of the day is they get remote sign-ins, uh, you know, from from a remote location, and then they have a ballot suffer. So um, that is our current working hypothesis, and what we may have seen because the the five thousand vote jump for you know the the winning margin for Bashir um, was so much like these other counties and cities that we're looking at right now, and um, Every other, every other um, down ballot Republican won by huge margins. And this last election, we've added now we've got like a we went from a super majority to a super mega majority uh, conservative Republicans now in Kentucky. So the, the Bashir thing is that's not over. We're still looking.
1: So if you farming. Me- and one of the things I, I don't want to see here during the, the, the Trump campaign, and I, I have no doubt you're going to find something that's going to be proven out that Bashir should never be, or maybe by the time all the information out, he will not be uh, governor any longer, never should have been uh, the governor. But let's hope this doesn't happen in the case of Trump, where we, you know, they actually come back later, just like what CNN's doing with uh, COVID uh, now, reporting now with COVID in, in China saying um, – well now we're gonna report we think China was hiding stuff from us. It's like it, really? You know, <laughs> but I hope yeah. that we don't have like a moment like that where it's gonna be after the fact, you know, you have you know, Biden, let's be honest, Harris Harris uh getting you know, in there and then, you know, down the line like, Oh, well we got all this you know, information, we do know it has been fraud. Uh, but there's nothing we can do about it. Biden's in there and now. We're just going to move forward, and let's just fix it for 2024. Uh, and there's actually some people who are who are actually saying that. Say, well, we know there's fraud. We know it needs to be fixed. But you know what? Let's we'll have to just get it fixed for 2024. It's like, are you are you kidding me? Like, we just can't have that happen because who knows what damage these guys could do in four years.
3: Well, the same people that we contended with when we were trying to uncover this as quickly as we could in 2019, uh, and we got very little help. I mean, in fact, it was the same thing. We had McConnell and a lot of other people saying, you know, carry on, um, even Rand Paul. And um, now we've got people locked up for the entire year. The kids are being, you know, locked up Thank God, we've got a, a, a case going to Supreme Court next week, hopefully, um, to get our kids in private and, and uh, parochial schools back in school. But they're waking up now and they're realizing, yeah, no, you, you don't do these things four years later. They're realizing that, you know what, we should have been paying attention, and everybody needs to realize that, that you let you turn and let this go, and um, there's, you can't really put the genie back in the bottle after that.
4: Well, it's,
2: the, it's and I wonder how many
1: people are, are regretting that. Go ahead, Kelly.
2: Well, it's really hard to count or do a recount right now, um, but there was a lady that spoke in the Michigan legislative hearing yesterday. They give three minutes you know, for public comment, but this lady was there for over 30 minutes. And I, I love what she had to say. She worked for the Secretary of State's office for over 20 years. And she basically said it is impossible to do a recount. Other phrases I've been hearing in these states now, uh, because the elections are so messed up, it's unredeemable and unreconcilable. It's that bad. Um, So, yeah, this is... uh... Chris, can you tell us more about Nevada, the recent uh, grant for discovery?
5: Yeah,
3: and I'm going to... I read this um, in the last 24 hours, so I I will try to be as uh, accurate as I can. But um, it was I believe it was um, Kaylee Mack and Annie that had made this announcement on Hannity, I believe, that they were in the campaign and through a through a challenge or a lawsuit, it may have just been a lawsuit, was granted uh, a hearing with discovery, and I believe that happens tomorrow. And the most recent headline on that is they have 40,000 ballots that they have as duplicates. Now I am hoping and believing that that is through Matt Brainerd's work uh, with the Amistad project and Phil Klein who helped us um, and, and he's very thorough. And, um, and, and this is the thing is that Matt's got numbers. These are hard numbers. These are numbers where he has physically called people He's followed up on registrations. He's followed up on, you know, he's got a team that's been working since the beginning of, you know, since November 4th, I believe. And if they have 40,000 duplicates, um, they've got 40,000 duplicates. And if they've been given discovery, um, I think you're going to see an entire new, um, hopefully, aspect of this with regard to um, the machines, the counting methods, and so on.
4: Yeah.
2: So in Georgia one of the lawsuits um they wanted discovery for the cameras um at one of these huge uh vote counting centers. Cuz with these cameras they could determine if trucks showed up in the middle of the night with boxes and boxes of of ballots. <laughs> I mean, um yeah, it's, it's going on. Um, so I like, Chris, the your right, low-tech, high-tech combination. Can you kind of expound on that?
3: Well, again, um, you know, I hadn't really given it much thought until I listened to this um, Colonel Chris Mills the other day. He appeared on the Chris Valsada show, um, and he had worked, I think he said it was in 2006 or 2007, with the second generation of a was hammer and scorecard and I believe, I want to say it was called Paragon. I can't remember the name of it, but he was explaining how in different areas of the world that you have to have, you have the high-tech side, obviously, with the weighted counts and so on, but then you have the um, operatives that you have in different areas, and that's the low-tech side. And um, he said it just really comes down to either uh, stuffing ballots that are created or just rescanning. And if you were listening to Michigan, um in in Detroit there were multiple witnesses that said that they would scan a stack of 50 if it would get stuck they wouldn't zero it out and then they would rescan it or they would have a scan a, a stack of 50 and then they would continue to just restack rescan that stack of 50 until somebody brought them a new one just because they had nothing else to do now um you know if they knew the number that they needed and, and it sounds as though, you know, you have your Dominion guy in Detroit this entire, that entire evening. Um, obviously, when they pause, you know, you have this pause in all of these cities where they say they're stopped counting and they, they usher everybody out, send everybody home and, and go to bed. And, and they don't actually stop counting, but they're actually, you know, refiguring how far off their, their algorithm is, how far off the waiting is, and, um, and they have to create ballots or they have to stuff them. So, um, you know, I, I believe from what I was listening to Miller speak about this, um, and this is where you get, you know, that that's where they have to marry up because, um, and for us, what we found in Kentucky, when you find a precinct that's one-off, you know, even Waldron said this the other day they in the in the email from the one whistleblower. It was anonymous. I wish we had more information that said most secretaries of state, not secretaries of state, but uh, county clerks, a thousand a thousand votes in a batch missing or you know um, unaccounted for. They don't they don't chase them down. They consider that an acceptable um, you know error, which I think zero, I think one is unacceptable. But um, so if you find precincts like we do, like we did, that are one-off, I mean, my first inclination when I found it, I counted it three times, and then I counted it another three times. No, it was one-off every time. And I thought, you know, you, you think stupid stuff, you are know, like it's just stuck in the copy machine. Happens the second time. Well, they got somebody that's not very good at this. It happens the third time. You start to scratch your head, this is a little weird. It happens seven times. You're like, okay, this is beyond weird. But then when you compare the the actual you know, the, the mode of, um, the way people voted, whether they voted straight ticket or whether they split their ticket and so on and so forth. And you count those votes when every one of those was a straight ticket and it was missing plus one for the same guy. Then it gets a little bit weird, but then it makes sense. If you don't have ballot stuffers for the balance of what they're going to try to steal, they just spread it around because nobody's going to chase down that one. You know, does that make sense?
2: So you're saying they just basically spread it about so yeah. they're not being yeah, caught.
3: 3,600 yeah. precincts or something in Kentucky. He, this was off by, you know, 5,000 votes. You know, I found seven in five precincts. Um, you know, you could and say they had a ballot stuffer in, in multiple different locations in northern Kentucky, uh, Jefferson County. You know, say, I don't know, all you need is a couple of good. A good people willing to, to operate and get it done. I mean, and, and and you just have people stuffing ballots, um, you know, especially where I, they probably are going to stuff ballots where they think you're going to recount. And they said, you know, and this is why we're going to look in some other, we're going to look in Warren County, we're going to look in some Republican strongholds, because um, Mills said, you know, most people aren't going to recount their strongholds. And that's an easy place for them to, to to run this deal. And the other thing that I thought that was extremely interesting was that very early on in Philadelphia, they said this was run by, on the ground by um, the unions. And, um, you know, and that was before we even knew what the outcome was. That's, that was election day. There was a lot of different chatter about, uh, you know, there were a bunch of union people at these locations. Well, in Kentucky, I don't know if you remember, but we had the KEA with the teachers out banging drums in Frankfurt weekend after weekend after weekend. And, um, you know, they were highly organized. I would say it was probably fairly easy um, to find, you know, some some on the ground operators. And then somebody said we also had Antifa uh, in northern Kentucky active at that point, kind of burning stuff and, you know, breaking windows in, in different Republican areas. I mean, those are, the, those are the people that are probably easy to find to be the low-tech ops, you know?
2: Right. So what I've, um, what is going on with the low-tech part is, well, you got the high-tech part. that's starting to change things, change things, change things, but you got to have the physical ballots to match. So well, this is why there's testimony of, of poll watchers, say, for example, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Four in the morning, a truckload shows up, ballots. So something happens with these machines, it's like they stop, and when they stop, that appears to be the sing- signal, get the ballots in, get the ballots in, get them over here. So a contract postal worker has come out with an affidavit that he was to, he went from New York into Pennsylvania with ballots, a whole truckload of ballots, and I haven't had time to find that exact thing, but I've heard it from several sources.
3: yeah. Two
2: hundred sixty-six
3: thousand. Two hundred fifty-six thousand. Two sixty-six, yes, sir.
2: Okay, that was on his affidavit. It was two sixty-six.
3: I believe that is, yeah, and that was our man Phil Klein. Remember, I told you he's averse to the media. So if Phil Klein does a, a press conference with something. He's got the goods. So yeah, that's what the 200. as I remember the number was two hundred sixty-six thousand on that truckload. Yes.
2: Wow, so he's an extremely shy person in front of the media, but he decided to break his silence. And that takes a lot of courage because you you come out and say something like this, you could have people patting on your door wanting to stalk you, hurt you or your kids. Um, that, I guess, uh, I'd have to call that person a great American for having the courage to come forward.
4: So, yeah, yeah.
2: And the testimony going on in Michigan yesterday, which continued today, a number of people are saying the same thing. Finally, towards the end of the day, one guy, he gets up and says, you know, I can't really add to this because it's a repeat story. Repeat, repeat. Boxes coming in at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. Um, people running uh, a stack that they already ran through for more, more counts. And, and the guy just said, you know, I've been listening all day. There's nothing I can really add here. So he said some patriotic things, and that was the end of his three-minute testimony. Um, so yeah, we, <laughs>
3: we know it's going on from all the affidavits.
0: It's just,
2: just well, and then in New Jersey, when you
3: have when you have the um, you know the the hardware shredding uh, trucks coming in to you know start to you know get rid of we have no idea what they're getting rid of, but you don't pull a, a hardware shredding truck in front of your you know your secretary, your county clerks, or secretary of state or whatever for nothing
4: especially at this
3: time and they were and they were shredding paper last week as well. So, you know, obviously there is some, some panic um, that this doesn't balance. And, and again, Kelly, what you had said and what we all heard in Detroit, they haven't balanced Detroit in over 20 something years. She said there is 70 plus percent of Detroit that you will never have any integrity over. And that should be alarming. I mean, that's just swept, Aside and accepted There is no way That that kind of number Should ever be certified
2: Well yeah That's where the state legislature Can step in and say That's if they have the courage Or the kahunas to do this It's like look Wayne County, Michigan Is such a disaster We're just going to go ahead And throw out Wayne County And now Let's count what's left in Michigan Oh, Trump wins So yeah, it's it's proof, you know, where will the Supreme Court be on this? They can't uh, necessarily count the votes, but they can say what's valid or not due to fraud. Um, so, yeah, it's getting real – I've got a uh, the resolution from Pennsylvania. I can read that later because I think Dave Getz should be coming on pretty soon. But the Pennsylvania legislature has written a draft resolution that essentially takes back the power of the elections. Um and the Constitution, I've got a court case from eighteen ninety two. I'll read that later, but yeah, this per <laughs> Article two, Section One, Subsection Two, the legislature is in charge of the election for the president the Electoral College. So um I, I this this resolution is very encouraging and this this court case also, but I wanted to give Chris as much time, um, since we have her for a short time. Because activists like her are Probably constantly running on empty and exhausted. We're just lucky to have her for this half hour. No, I
3: appreciate that.
1: And we got another uh, – we got somebody from uh, uh, the folks in the line. Uh, we got a new caller here, Holly. We're going to get you in shortly, Holly. Uh, we do have uh, Jim Conde Jr. Uh, Jim, we're going to bring in after uh, our next uh, guest, which is uh, – uh, Major Dave, uh, how would I call him? Tell so we got a really impressive resume. I'm hoping I get a chance to go over at some. But we also have Joseph on the line as well. Uh, so we'll get uh, Joseph in, and then you, Holly, and then you now if, if one of you are on and our guest comes in, we'll have to uh, kind of move us uh, over for a little bit for he can uh, get on. But until our guest gets here, uh, which I'm not seeing on the line yet, of course, as you guys know here on Bart's Logic, I do keep your lines open. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring in Joseph, and then you, Holly. Uh, thank you very much
6: Jason for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, hanging in there. First of all, I want to wish you a happy birthday. I know you had your birthday last Friday. and uh I'd also like oh you're welcome and um I'd also like to uh express that uh, one of our uh avid listeners to the show, uh who
4: uh
6: has been a really loyal listener for a long time, Arlene Harnoy's so uh okay. passed away. Uh, earlier this month, so uh, last month, actually. And so I just wanted to, um, you know, uh, I hope she's uh, smiling amongst the angels. I know she held you in the highest esteem and held this show in the highest esteem, so. um,
1: Yeah, well, she'll definitely be missed. I remember working with her uh, back
6: in 2012 on, on some campaign stuff. Yeah, likewise, I also had the honor and privilege of working with her as well. And so, uh, a couple of points I wanted to hit on. And uh, first of all, I think what um, the court of public opinion is, is failing to mention is what it really goes, comes down to, and, and these are patterns, right? You know, conservatives and Republicans, we always accept losses. Uh, we accept losses gracefully. Uh, we may be upset about losses that don't go our way, but we accept it gracefully. Uh, We have never, uh, you know, in any instance where we lost, uh, we've never tried to, uh, you know, um, we've never tried to say that it was otherwise. Uh, We've never tried to uh, destroy the credibility of the opposing side that won. Uh, We accept the loss gracefully. We don't go into the streets looting and rioting. Uh, We handle it in a different approach, and when we lose, we lose. Uh, Example, in 08, we lost to Obama. 2012, Romney lost to Obama again. You didn't see us going out into the streets. You didn't see us looting, or you didn't see us crying that the election was rigged. Uh, In this case, um, you know, let's just say for argument's sake that we didn't have any facts to prove that uh, the integrity of the election was compromised in any way. Well, then you go to common sense. Uh, Do you really believe that Joe Biden, the person who uh, can't finish a sentence, couldn't remember what position he was running for, what state he was in, what city he was in, couldn't get more than 10 people per rally. There was no enthusiasm. You didn't have the base coming out in large rallies or wearing Biden apparel or any of that, and then you're going to make us believe that that happened. Uh, And then uh, you have a lot of arguments uh, saying that, you know, Trump should continue to fight. Uh, One thing I learned is when to choose and fight your battles uh, and to choose and win your battles. And at this point, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but I'm just trying to be pragmatic and realistic at this point, I don't see a pathway for Donald J. Trump um, overturning this. If there was going to be a pathway, um, they would have have already been substantial court cases that would have been in his favor by now. And it's just not going to happen um, realistically. And the time clock is running out. And so therefore, I think we need to focus on the bigger picture, which is the two Senate races in Georgia taking back the House and ensuring that as conservatives and Republicans, we make sure that this never happens again. Uh, and I'm well, hoping and I'm, I'm – pre- uh-huh. Go ahead,
1: Joseph. But then we got our – we're going to get Holly real quick, and we got our guest. But uh, we'll have them. might break in we do want to bring our, our guest in. Absolutely. Um, yeah, let's go so ahead I'll and – uh,
6: I'll, I'll just say one more thing. I'm hoping and praying that the Republican Party that Donald J. Trump built – I'm hoping that he will serve as a surrogate and an advocate for the party and getting more uh, congressional and Senate races down the road, uh, across the line. And uh, that is my fervent hope at this point. And I'll defer back to you, Robert.
1: And uh, we do have uh, our next guest on the line, uh, Major Dave. i tell you what, uh, impressive resume there. Uh, we do have – uh Holly on the line so I want to just just a few comments from uh Holly and then we will keep you on the on the line Holly then I want to bring in our show and then I, I, you know, I want to you know, I want to be able to address all the things that you said uh Joseph cuz and I'll just say this if we don't if we're not able to pull this out there isn't uh, and I don't think there isn't going to be a taking a, a taking back of the house because all this will do if they are successful in the steal, it's going to embolden the media, people who's already stolen the election, and they're just going to make it worse. Uh, and so we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that. And this is what I think we really, uh, what what really we should be saying. You said earlier, we've been, you know, just well we we accept those the loss in this map. This time I think it's different. This time again I like playing this. We need to be this way.
0: Right, have a- Let's put the dogs of war. And that's, in my
1: opinion, how we need to see it. But first, let's go ahead and bring, get a couple comments here from Holly. Then I want to bring uh, Major Dave in because I you don't want to keep her holding too long. But then, Holly, then we'll get a couple comments from you. We'll keep your line open. Then you can uh, add into our conversation as well. Uh, but thank you very much, Holly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
5: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Hey, I beg to differ with that gentleman who just spoke because. I heard, for one thing, I've been following these hearings all day, and I followed the one in Georgia today with Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, and that was pretty cool. But then I heard these testimonies hour after hour, and there is a pathway. And you guys may or may not be aware, you're probably aware, but Donald J. Trump gave a, uh, he said, this is probably my most important speech, and he himself I, I've seen a up. part of it today. Yeah, so that's all I want to say. But I would say so much more. But since your guest is there, and um, and I agree with you that uh, this is a time to fight, and we have, thank goodness, a fighter, someone who has a little bit of courage, you know, New York courage and your faith courage from a young being a young boy. And hey, his, he as a child he went to the Power of Positive Thinking Church, whatever that was, Norman Vincent Peale. So it's not just positive thinking, but like what your other guest said, with that um, that Maynard or whatever his name is, that math the guy who's really accurate. So tomorrow we're going to see what's happening in Nevada, and they are filing a, you know, that forty thousand, whatever it was, double voting or something. So I can just go on and on for now, but why don't you go on to your your guests and thank you very much for doing this, and um, thank you, Daniel, et cetera. All right, thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome, Holly. And, and, and the way we do it here real quick, is uh, I believe you're new to the show, is we do a roundtable discussion, so you're welcome to stay on uh, the line as long as you like. Um, and, you know, I try to bring things back to around people as equal as I can uh, to get their uh, their comments because uh, that's why we call it the grassroots we the people show right it's your uh, barge logic is, is your show the people show and so let's go ahead and bring in our guests hopefully we'll be able to hear some more of what you you want to say with us holly uh, but let's go ahead and bring in our guest. Uh, thank you very much uh major how are you tonight
7: i'm doing great and
1: thank you so much for the invitation to be on the show Oh, well, thanks for coming. I'm looking over your resume. I wish I had time to go uh, tell everybody about it. It's pretty extensive, uh, pretty impressive there, uh, you know, lo- looking over it. but And I definitely would, of course, want to take a few moments to thank you for your service, certainly.
7: Well, thank you. And I'd do it
1: all again if I was young enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I'm, I'm sure. am sure. And uh yeah, so uh, yeah, go ahead and know we're, we're talking about you know the you know the stealing of the election and we want to get um, you know some of your uh some of your takes and your experiences here.
7: Well I you know I I'd, I'd like to also share because I understand some of your audience are also involved in doing what we do and uh doing some audit some independent auditing and things like that and share some of the insights some of the hurdles that I've had to overcome. To even make any progress with our legislators Our other elected officials In getting anything officially done And it all started for me Back in 2016 now, I've been involved involved in politics pretty heavily Since 2010 But after 2016 a friend called me up She said um, I want you to look at this one county They have more people registered to vote Than they have over the age of 18 living there And I looked at it And sure enough she was right They have like 106% of the voting age population registered. Um, I looked at the other 99 counties and came up with six counties, and that was the start of it. And I know it's just my background in Army intelligence, military police and investigations. I could not let a question like that go unanswered. And I tell people, I turned over a rock, I found a snake. Nowadays, I turn over a rock and I found five rocks, with five snakes under them. <laughs> the, the deeper I dig, the more I find, and that's why I haven't been able to turn this loose for the last
8: four years.
2: Did, did you mean uh, five snakes under five rocks or oh, 25 yeah. snakes yeah. under tw- five rocks?
7: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, sometimes there's a gator in there, I think, but it, it's been really... Uh, A simple task because, frankly, there's nothing I do that a first semester community college computer science student shouldn't be able to do, which is import data into a spreadsheet, sort it, and count it. But I discovered, too, it's not just a matter of what the data says. It's when it says it. (laughs) And I'll give you an example. In 2018, North Carolina locked down the results of the election on the 16th of November. That was the night of the canvas, 10 days after Election Day. The problem was 11 counties had not yet made their final upload to the state. And when they did, not one vote changed for any candidate anywhere in the state. And what this is telling me is that they are digitally manipulating the results data and then they take weeks afterwards to tweak the poll book data to make it look justified.
4: You mm-hmm. see, there,
7: there are two independent streams of data. There's the poll book data that says who voted at what precinct and where and when. But then you have the tabulation data that comes out of the ballot scanners, and they have to be digitally separate. Otherwise, we would not have a secret ballot. You'd be able to find out digitally
9: who somebody
7: actually voted for. But that
9: security
7: that gives us the secret ballot also presents a weakness because that means that as long as the two seem to balance and appear, then nobody's ever really going to question
2: it. Now, we're very
7: fortunate in North Carolina because they are very transparent with election data. They publish files every day showing who's voted by mail, who's voted at early voting. Um, The only data we don't get is a by name of who voted on Election Day. We just get numbers for that. But anything that's an absentee ballot, they have to make that part of the public record. And that's where I'm finding changes taking place because going back to 2018, the poll book data continued to change into the second week of December. Now, again, the results were locked down the 16th of November. So, why five weeks later or three weeks later is the poll book data continuing to change? And I mean showing ballots that at one point were not counted now show up as approved. And this is the kind of meticulous, it's very boring work because you sit here and you look at a screen full of a spreadsheet. And you merge the daily files together, and you track how any person's data changed from one to the next. And when you're talking 5.4 million voters in the state like we just had, it takes a long time. So it's very intense. It's very um, methodical. But I just believe, and I've always believed over the last four years, that the further I dig, eventually I'm going to have the proof that this is not just happening now. This has been going on in North Carolina for the last 15 years when we first went to automated systems in 2006.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow. So you you have been – Real quick, Helen. Real
1: quick, Kelly. I just want want to make a quick comment. I always wondered if that pendulum swinging that we hear about all the time, like, oh, first for a while it's Democrats, then for a while it's Republicans, then sometimes it's the the pendulum. I always didn't hold a lot of stock in that. I always thought, eh, that's just – I don't know. You know, they always talk about well. You know, the, the Democrats have power for a while, then the Republicans have power for a while. I always kind of thought that that was too methodical to be suspicious. accurate. I don't know. I just always had suspicions about that. I mean, again, that may be something that's the truth, but I don't know. Always had suspicions. But anyway. Get-
2: well, in California, it's been Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. And then in the 90s, Bach Pahn, who I met at the State at the state House, he spent a billion dollars to get Republicans in. The Democrats did redistricting tricks, and it was back to Democrat. And then the pendulum swing was Democrat, 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 Democrat. <laughs> anyway, nice. but, um, yeah, but Mr. um uh, <clears throat> so you were downloading the data every day, and you were also looking at registration data. And from your work that you shared on Facebook, I could tell that Trump was going to go to – Trump was going to win North Carolina. Um, That's because the amount of registrations, new registrations, and the total number of registrations, the Republicans were outnumbering the Democrats. Uh, Can you comment on that and then the lawsuit you're working on?
7: I do not currently have a lawsuit myself. I am passing everything to the attorney's for the RNC, the Trump campaign, the North Carolina Republican Party, uh, attorneys for both houses of our legislature, and lawyers for some of the candidates. Uh, but I, I myself don't have a suit. What I, will well, I know tell you're, you... help,
2: you're helping. Right, because well, yeah. these, things, yeah. these things politicians and lawyers don't fully understand unless you're Sidney Powell been at it for years. And the depth that you keep saying, a rock under a rock under a rock and a bunch more snakes or a snake pit – So this is – I'm so encouraged by you because you're helping people that have authority and or are attorneys can do something about this. So you're helping in enormous ways. So Can you go into some more details on that?
7: Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. One of the biggest tasks I have is educating them about how election data is actually processed. They don't know. The legislators don't know because getting elected to public office does not make you an expert on how an election runs. Right. And that, I want to tie that in to the, the pendulum comment, because in North Carolina, I mean, the Democrats controlled the state for a century. And then in 2010, the Republicans took the state House, and in 2012, they took the state Senate, and they've been able to hold on to them since. We've seen is a migration from paper ballots box stuffing to electronic ballot box stuffing, and they just weren't that good at it yet. They're getting better because in 2016, the Democrats did the one thing they knew they had to do if they ever wanted to dominate again. They captured the four Council of State seats that have a statutory or constitutional role to play in the conduct of our elections. Or the investigation of voter fraud. That's our governor, attorney general, state auditor, and secretary of state. And those are the only four statewide races that they captured again this time. Mm.
3: And I just do not so,
2: believe that is coincidence. So, so, you're, only saying,
3: with those four.
2: so you're saying with massive uh, Republican registration, I've seen the numbers from North Carolina – It looks like a red wave. Um, When you get the the cheaters that want to cheat in an election, you have to get the four main positions in North Carolina, which would be the governor, the attorney general, the secretary of state, and the state auditor. You get those people into position. They're the only ones who can investigate any election fraud. So it sounds like North Carolina is being set up for more cheating, as you are finally getting in the game now, can you tell us about um, the legislation? Can, can you tell us about the legislation you got passed in the state house? I have a minute. Somebody else was
7: trying to speak up. I thought somebody. No, Holly was just
5: no, no. Holly just said, "Oh, wow." Just go ahead.
7: Oh, okay. I I need to backtrack before I talk about the legislation because. You need to understand what pushed me to that point where I was able to be a factor and influence it. September 2017, after my revelations came out about 2016, I published a one-hour documentary video. It's on my YouTube channel, uh, Major Dave NC, called Autopsy of an Election. And the executive director of the State Board of Elections had her public information officer reach out to me and invite me to come to her office for a chat. Well, when I get there, it's not just her. She's got her five top deputies there. She's got the, direct, the IT director, the director of elections, the director of investigations, uh, her public affairs officer, and her lawyer. And I get there at 3 o'clock. We don't finish till 5.30. And at 5.30, well past their normal quitting time, um, several things have happened. I pointed out to her, for example – that there were 505 missing lines of over- and undervote from the results report. I hope everybody knows that briefly an overvote is if you vote for more choices than you're allowed, and none of them count, and an undervote is if you don't vote for enough or you leave it blank. But you have to have those two figures in order to reconcile the total number of available votes with the total numbers of ballots cast. And again, that's marrying up the poll book data and the ballot tabulation data, making sure they match. And it should balance like a checkbook. And I've gone back all the way to 2008, and not in not one election in all those years has those numbers balanced in North Carolina. Her decision at that moment in my presence and caught on audio because they recorded it, not me, and gave me a copy of it. Was the director staff, well, we need to stop making those numbers public.
0: Rather than investigate
7: and fi- yeah, rather than wow. investigate and find out how and why those lines went missing. And they were gone from data in 38 of our 100 counties,
8: from races
7: from U.S. president all the way down to county soil and water conservation supervisor. They just weren't there. In some cases, it was one line. In some cases, it was the other. In some other cases, it was both lines gone. And that bought me a lot of credibility in my ability to put that level of detail in an explanation to a senator. And I was at a public grassroots meeting, and one of our state senators attended. And afterwards, he came up and said, hey, can you meet with me in Raleigh next week? Sure enough. And I went up and talked to him. And ever since then, the doors have been open for me at the legislature.
4: So
3: you Maybe found is, uh, sorry, sorry, Kelly. So so
2: you found uh a way to expose the problems and in this big meeting they said well we can't make it public anymore. And so you had to go to a legislator who gave you a hearing and then you went to the state house and
0: got something passed.
7: Well, yeah. Um the biggest problem, like I said, is educating these legislators because they Some of them don't even understand what an over-and-under vote is. Sometimes it's that simple. You know, the average citizen doesn't really understand the mechanics of how election data is managed and processed, and that's been a learning curve for me as well. Um, But they have been very receptive, and they reached out to me back in July and said, we're going to offer an election integrity bill. What would you like to see in it? And I gave them five recommendations. They adopted three verbatim. They knew the other two would probably get vetoed by the governor. And um, the – What two were those? um, I'm trying to remember, to be honest with you. The three I got in, one of them was to force the board to publish the over and under votes. And in spite of that law being passed in August and signed into law, the state board has failed to do it in this election. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. The other was to at least, within 48 hours of election day, publish the total number of provisional ballots outstanding that would be voted on during the canvas. In 2018, the day after election day, there were 2,716 provisional ballots known to exist. Ten days later, by the canvas, that number had mushroomed to 35,776. <laughs> Races were being called and conceded by candidates who had no way of knowing that there were 33,000 ballots still in place that wouldn't show up in the record for days. Well, mm-hmm. this law required them to at least publish the total number. They surveyed the counties, and they got the numbers. But they never made it public until just before the canvas, over a week later. And that is the kind of transparency that they continue to stonewall to keep people like me from doing the work that we do.
3: There was Um, a surprise, surprise. I was going to say, Major well, Dave, this is uh, sure. Chris in Kentucky, and um, it's it's fascinating listening to what you're fighting for, because these are the things that, you know, we were working on in Kentucky, too. The the tough thing that we had with Bevan Bashir was, um, Bashir was our attorney general. So, yes. you know, Fox, you know, holding the hat, you know watching the hen house obviously, but um, it's very interesting what you're saying because these are the things that, you know, our working hypothesis are are dovetailing with exactly what you're saying. And, um, you know, the, the, those uh, log books, the sign in books are very critical. And now that they're online, you know, I, I just highly suspect that this is why we're having these intense fights over cleaning voter rolls because, they can go. Right. They know. They know the numbers precinct by precinct, and they can go now. And they can, you know, they can go in in behind the scenes, and they can, you know, digitally sign in as many people as they as they need in in any given precinct. But in saying all this, well, one other thing I wanted to um, bring up earlier though was um, Phil Waldron, um, when when he was testifying in uh, Arizona yesterday, um, brought up. Our issue that we had in um, Kentucky. And their working hypothesis was that somebody at the server level, when you see the live switch that we had, you see the CNN video where we have 560 come off Bevan and flip to the shear. Their working Mm -hmm. hypothesis, he testified on that, was
5: somebody at the server
3: level grabbed that CSV file, changed it, re uploaded it. So, you know, what I would like to see, I thought about this the other day, these boards of elections and these other officials that certify these machines and these modes of voting, they should have to have in their – they should have to sign an acknowledgment that they are going to be personally responsible for full knowledge of the vulnerabilities and, you know, in hardware, software, firmware, and um, connectivity – data transfer, because the thing that's hitting me so starkly in watching these hearings is we have a bunch of legislators that have zero knowledge. And when they hear this stuff, you see their eyes just glaze over. Mm
4: -hmm. And at that
3: (laughs) point, they just check out, and they're like, it's good enough. You know, we got numbers. I'm going to certify this, because they don't understand it. Well, I think that somehow in some sort of legislation, we need to make sure that when they sign their name on that, if if they're choosing to do what they're doing electronically, that they are going to be personally responsible for answering questions and to have at least a number of people on their boards of elections and then their legislatures that fully acknowledge each of these issues with software, hardware, firmware, data connectivity, all the vulnerabilities, you know, all of the systems. Um, Because right now – you know, I think Kelly, you pointed this out on your website. The the one um, I think it was a Texas case that had a a federal um, a uh, a federal um, uh, a, you know, a decision on. And, and the big thing, the big takeaway is, if 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 you can't see a vote, then you can't affirm or confirm that it counted, and that is a key to this entire system. And that ruling, that's what I was trying to say, that ruling speaks to everything. When you see these legislators just kind of go just deer in the headlights, have no idea what they're talking about. These voters don't know where when they push a button or they scan the ballot, they have no idea where that vote went. And clearly now we are seeing clear evidence of manipulation. I mean, that is the sanctity of that vote. And when you cannot prove that that vote counted, then there is a serious, serious federal um, voter issue, and I just i would I am beside myself right now if this does not get taken up and addressed flat on its face but the the, the takeaway I have from this is that we need to make, take this down to the local level to make the people that are signing off certifications fully aware that they will be responsible for having workmen knowledge you know of these of these issues,
4: yeah.
7: Right. Um, do you in,
3: use ES&S in Kentucky? We did. Well, we have a hodgepodge, but we that was. I think that's our our greatest vendor is ES&S. Yes.
2: Do you know what uh, ES&S stands for? It's I called do, uh, Election Systems and Software, but I call them Election Switching and Sorcery, and they yeah, do they voter have- registration. <laughs> and they're yeah, and you, they do voter registration. And from watch the votes survey of twenty sixteen, people were electronically getting flipped to different parties in the primary. They were getting unregistered. They were getting flipped from vote at the precinct to vote by mail. <clears throat> so they would show up at the precinct. And and, and by the way, they wouldn't get their mail in ballot when they were flipped electronically. These are testimonies of people.
4: Yeah.
2: And Election Justice did the same survey, it was happening all over the country in the primaries. Arizona, Illinois, Massachusetts, etc. Completely independent, parallel effort. We didn't even know they were doing it, and it was the same result. And so, somebody would show up at the precinct. You know, I've been voting. You know, they'd be, they were uh, they bring their sample ballot with them, and they they were told, "Oh, you're not registered to vote. Then why did I have a sample ballot with my name on it?" Well, oh, uh, <laughs> provisional ballot. Then they would go, and there was a record number of provisional ballots in LA County the 2016 primary. Another person would show up at the precinct. You know, they've been going there 20 years, and they just you know, just walk to the precinct. Great. Uh, oh, you're vote-by-mail. No, I'm not. I've never been vote-by-mail. Well, if you will surrender your vote-by-mail ballot, then we'll give you a ballot today. Ma'am, I've never been a vote-by-mail uh, voter. And, of course, a poll worker would look at them like, you're lying. You're trying to double vote. And it turned into some hostile mm-hmm. situations. The one guy, he, he in his, in his uh, testimony, he said – uh, they threatened to call the police on me. Because I just want to vote. Anyway, so election switching and sorcery, they're uh, not all states, but they have a voter registration system that's just, um, it's not a, in uh, California, it hasn't been thoroughly examined. And in, in Siskiyou County here, we had two precincts that they never got their mail and ballots. So what the heck, guys? So, you know, all sorts of problems. Um, I, I, well, that's
7: true. And- before I go on about ESNS, I want to go back to what Chris was talking about. Um, because in 2016, or in 2017, after that election, I talked to one of our Republican legislators, a first time member of the House, and his attitude very clearly was, I won. Let's move on.
4: Mm-hmm. Was it
7: in 2018, he was replaced by a Democrat. All of a sudden, he wanted to talk. You lost. Move on. <laughs> I didn't have time for it. But that
3: is that, that is exactly what. Yes, yeah. that's that's what that, happened with Bevin with McConnell
7: and talk. A lot of Republicans, as long as they won, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to upset the apple cart. But getting back yep. to ES and S now, when North Carolina went automated in 2006, they put out a solicitation to industry. And it had a provision in it that if your system failed, they could sue not only your company, but the CEO personally. <clears throat> and with that requirement, Dybulb, Siemens, Sequoia, all of them bailed
5: and yeah. left ES and Sandy. What about they Heart in-
3: InterCivic? Because we have Heart InterCivic as well, which is actually based right here in Lexington. But um, have right. you found similar sorts of issues um uh, Oh, no, but only
7: because ES&S has been the only vendor approved in North Carolina up until last okay. year. heart okay. of InterCivic was added. The others okay. did not qualify or, or failed to bid. But ES&S then, as the sole remaining bidder, gets the contract. But before they award it, they removed that provision. Then ES&S <laughs> turns around and cuts a sole-source subcontract with a North Carolina company in New Bern to do all the work. The company does all the work, and it's owned by the neighbor of our former Democrat governor.
3: Yeah. Who removed the provision, if you don't mind me asking? Excuse me? Who removed the provision? Was it the, the legislators or this, did the vendor? Oh, no, the State Board of Elections,
7: and they never <laughs> repeated really that contract. In 2010, once the HABA money, the Help America Vote Act, the federal money that came in, ran out. Our counties have had to put the bill for the cost of running their elections, and they've continued to write purchase orders off of that same 2006 contract. When I brought it (laughs) to the attention of our former governor who lost in 2016, he was not aware of that because nobody had ever raised it as an issue. They just let the Board of Elections run itself as a semi-autonomous agency within the government with very little, if any, oversight.
3: And that's, and that's what I think a lot of this, you know, there needs to be legislation to help to um, solidify the responsibility there. Because for, for these boards of elections not to have any sort of, um, you know, if, there, if there's no repercussions falling back on them, none of this stuff is going to change.
7: Well, that's right. And, and to give you an idea
3: of truly how bad it was,
7: we're talking 2006. They offered the Mark 100 and Mark 200 ballot scanners. The Mark 100 works off of an X386 processor. The 200 works off of a 486. Those were both replaced in the market by Intel in 1995 with a Pentium chip.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: There's, there's no security built into the architecture of those processors. They will not work with any operating system newer than Windows 7. So yeah. in 2006, we are buying 10-year-old technology and paying top dollar. Now, so yeah. who is the S&S? The irony is their address in Omaha, Nebraska is Warren John Galt way. <laughs> But those, they operate in all or part of 42 different states. This is how deep I have had to dig into this to really support my credibility with the legislators because they know I've done more than just look at the numbers because none of this is happening in a vacuum. It's all part of a much larger cabal, if you want to call it that, or a process of people behind it pulling strings. Well, those 42 states do not make up the largest segment of es customer base. Their largest customer base is labor
1: unions.
7: Yeah. Huh. And I got
1: uh, go yeah, ahead. and finish off because I do have uh, Jim Cuddy Jr. on the line. We're going to keep the mics open, but I do want to bring him in as well. Um, so we've got a couple minutes to go ahead and finish that off. Uh sir, and then we'll we'll bring in Jim and of course everyone's still welcome to uh be on the line and uh, we'll we'll talk about what he has. He's the uh founder and co founder of Watch the Vote USA that we'll be bringing him on shortly. Uh, go ahead and finish that off, uh Major, and then we'll we'll bring in Jim uh, we'll bring in Jim.
7: Yeah, 'cause it's eleven
1: PM here and I'm I'm fading fast, but
7: got a long day. Tomorrow. Yeah, okay. I, but I you have to understand that if you're going to tackle this be prepared for a bumpy road they they will have two options and what i have had offers from groups like watch the vote and the voter integrity project here in north carolina um people have offered me money i can't touch the first penny the minute i touch the first penny all of my motives become suspect and open to attack doing it strictly by myself they have two options they can attack me personally or defend their data, and that's why they stay silent because they know they can't win on a personal attack. They admit defeat if they can't defend their data, and that's why our state board remains silent, does not respond to my emails or phone calls, and really says nothing to anyone because they, they know that the less exposure they give me, the better off they are. So I encourage all of you out there who are doing what I'm doing, stick with it, and don't make the mistake um, of thinking in in a narrow sense. Think of everything in terms of how all the other factors are impacted by what you're seeing. Um, If it's just a certain race, we had three house races this time in Mecklenburg County, which is Charlotte, North Carolina, big, heavy Democrat a lot of financial interest in Charlotte. The three Republicans won, except for the by-mail votes. That's what put the Democrat over the top. And in those three races, there are 12 House races in Mecklenburg County. And in those three races, like in 2018, the Democrat candidate got more votes from by-mail than both candidates combined in the other nine district races in Mecklenburg. You know, Tell me, tell me that's not funny business. So, there are just so many different angles and ways to look at this that can drive you crazy. Um, but just understand that eventually it will all make sense because what's happening is happening because somebody is pulling the strings. And once you start seeing the patterns in the data like I see, it begins to point to just who it is. And I can't say much more because this is going, probably going to wind up in court. And we don't want to tip our hand too soon because we're still playing in right. Not all of our counties are official yet. And we've got some very close races that could flip. And that's why I'm looking for the data. And I go back to what I said initially it's not just what the data says, it's when it says it. And I'm looking for votes to all of a sudden appear in the poll book side out of nowhere that, you know, where are these approved voters coming from? And, you know, when we can continue this at some later iteration of the show if you'd like to. But uh, I've truly enjoyed the evening, and I appreciate your comments and feedback, too. And those of you who want to catch me on Facebook, just look up Major Dave and uh, like my page. And I don't put a lot of election stuff on there, actually, some because I hadn't had the time. It's all on my personal page. Um, but uh, if you've got a web page for the show here, you can feel free to put my name out there. Invite people to get in touch with me. I'd be happy to answer your questions or offer any advice or suggestions that might help you in what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and I'm um I'm kind yep. of weaning myself off of uh, off of Facebook. I'm moving to like Parlor and Me and Me trying to leave trying to leave Facebook. I'll still you know look for you there, uh, Major Dave, and and then we'll um, yeah I think I've, I found you there. So um, yeah, I'm on Parlor. I'll I'm go
7: ahead. I yeah,
1: I'll um I mean I'll be on Facebook for a little bit, but uh, I am kind of weaning myself uh, off of it. <laughs> but uh, I'll send a, I think i just send a French request there to you. So um, let's go ahead and um, definitely uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much. And, yeah, we'll definitely want to have you back on and give us some updates. And, and, you know, we could talk off the show too. Kelly, I know you've got uh, my information. Uh, and you're welcome to give that to, uh, to Major Dave there. Let's go ahead and bring in uh, – Jim, uh, thank you very much, Jim uh, Thank you for holding, it. I appreciate your patience And then we'll bring uh, Holly back in after Jim And then we'll bring things back to our roundtable discussion For all who's left on the line uh, After so it will be uh, yourself, Jim And then Holly, and then we'll bring it back up to you, Joseph uh, Thank you, Jim, go ahead Okay and You get a more uh, positive outlook, Bill, on, on it, right? <laughs> on, on well um,
9: Hello to Robert Hello to Kelly Is it Holly Is it on?
1: Uh, yes. Holly, we have Holly, we have Chris, um, uh, Major Dave uh, left, and we got you know, we got others who are listening, but okay. not on the call yet.
4: Okay.
9: So uh, yeah, let me make I guess three points. Uh, I, I first of all, um, several. One of the callers earlier, and I don't don't know who it was. Was uh, uh, he made be right in his analysis that Trump can't make it happen. But he was repeating talking points of the left. Here's a talking point of the left, and maybe because he's heard them on even Fox. Oh, we're not going to concentrate on the important thing, and that's the Georgia Senate races. If we cannot stop the most blatant theft of an election in American history, going back to by by far the most blatant theft ever, where there was tons of evidence at midnight – Or at 3.30 a.m. anyway on election night overnight, three hours past election night, there was tons of evidence, enough to put – get most of these people running the boards of elections put in jail if we had – if we didn't have a sellout deep state plant like Barr in the Justice Department. Uh, So first of all, if we can't make Trump prevail – in the most blatant theft ever which I'll explain in a second then we will lose both senate races the democrats and the forces behind them are romping on because nobody stands up to them nobody calls who's behind all of this which if with your permission robert i will do but if you don't want me to we'll just call them the eskimos but there is a vicious the same vicious international bankers that funded communism in russia and killed 37 million people in the first 20 years, 37 million human beings were snuffed out by those moral monsters between 1917 and 1937. Rand Paul recently recalled that on the Senate floor, and 64 million people when they funded the takeover of China in 1946. And they're coming to do that to us. World War III has already started, and the war is on us. Uh, plenty of Black, Hispanic, and Oriental will be caught in the crossfire. But these monsters are coming after white, European, Christian Americans, and they will kill 15 million of us if they ever get our guns just for fun and to terrorize everybody. So this is it. If Trump doesn't have the power, the guts, or whatever, to to not leave the White House, and I'm going to talk about what General Flynn and, and Zinn uh, uh, Wood said in the last two days. Then we have lost America forever unless we pull out the guns and start shooting government officials. And that is the, I don't want that to happen. I've worked for 40 years, Robert, and I know you have, and Kelly has, for peaceful change. And that's what I'm still working for, and that's what I'm urging for. But if they come for our guns, if they come to give us forced vaccinations, okay. what choice do we have? And we don't know who's behind, most of the time, who's behind the scenes. So we'll have to deal with the people coming up our door or america would just fall under slavery and that'll be it and 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 it'll be one hellish time for our kids and grandkids so that is let me let me just mention quickly the evidence is this and this is what rudy giuliani is going to the supreme court with and this alone could make trump the winner every ballot that showed up after midnight on election day robert every ballot is illegal The changes in allowing ballots to come in after Election Day in all states was made by judges, by secretaries of state, and by governors, none of which have any authority to do it. It has to be done by the legislatures. So all the Supreme Court has to say is all the ballots that showed up after midnight on election night are questionable. They're all thrown out. Trump wins in all six states. The other thing is if the state legislatures in the six key states, which are all Republican— if they say we're going to take our co- – I didn't know this. It's in the Constitution. I think it's Article 1, Section 2, or Article 2, Section 1. And we're going to look at this and say this is not right. This was a rigged election. We're giving the electoral votes to Trump. That's the second way they can do it. And then that goes to the House of Representatives where Republicans – every state gets one vote, and Republicans have majority in 35 of the states. That's the other way. So there is a clear path to victory. The – the national media, uh, except for part of Fox and Newsmax, although I told you, I know, I know you, Robert you, you remember, Robert, you remember me saying for years that the news part of Fox is just as corrupt as the others. The oh, news yeah. division is controlled by the other side. They, to get their ratings up and to give the middle class feeling, we got a voice. We got Rush Limbaugh and we have Laura... Uh, Tucker and Hannity, and a few oh, Even those three,
1: curtain. even it, yeah, even Laura Ingram is, I mean, I even stopped watching Laura Ingram and, and Tucker though. I mean, because Tucker was like like lambasting, um, Cindy Powell uh, a couple right. of weeks yeah. ago.
2: I, I, you yeah, know, I so I'm like, really, was... what's going on
1: with Tucker?
9: Yeah, I, I didn't think that was as bad because he was saying it's the most important thing of in, in in American history, the biggest crime in American history, and and urging her to prove it. So, but at any rate, yeah, the, yeah, I know what you're saying. They're being pressured to make it look like Biden is already the winner. And that's what people are hearing. So if any of those two scenarios happen, then uh, the left, especially the low information left, especially all the ones that have, Uh, trucks loads of flamethrowers and guns planted around the country for him by George Soros and the other bankers, we will have riots like you never saw. If them will really think, oh, Trump didn't, you know, to them, every vote is a valid vote. So they won't think, oh, Trump, Trump, uh, Trump uh, was cheated in the first round. No, they'll say, oh, he just uh, exercised his power with the Supreme Court or the state legislature. We knew he was a dictator. And they'll believe we're actually under a dictator because they're low information and they listen to the traders at CNN and MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and NBC, CNN, and even the owners of Fox, the Murdochs, need to be arrested for treason. But that's another story. So, uh, so I, so that I, I, before getting to the most exciting thing, I want to emphasize one other thing. ES&S election system and software, and Kelly's name for them is probably better. Heart and Dominion are the three companies, and Tucker Carlson finally said this on November 16, two thousand and. Fifteen days ago, we put up a, a website called Open Letter to Tucker Carlson, which you can go see. And it's not obvious that it's a Watch the Vote put up website that there's anybody connected with Watch the Vote. But it gives him three stories we asked him to cover a year and a half ago. One of which was to tell people that ESNS, Hart and Dominion were counting over ninety-six percent of our vote. Excuse me, ninety-nine percent of our vote and ninety-six percent of our county. In other words, they've been hired by three thousand counties and all the big ones those three companies they all have the same rules you can't look at their software they take the ballots away from us at closing time and you can ne- never get out of again in a normal election here they had to because it was such controversy they pulled out some ballots but the ballots we don't know if they're the same that went 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 in behind the closed doors on election night uh and and so uh that is what's happening we always must remember and tell people these three companies are counting 96% of our vote. They all must be thrown out. They all are criminal companies. I won't go into that unless you want me to. They all need to be arrested, piracy, inducing 3,000 of our counties to hold illegal elections. And on Watch the Vote USA, we got up the Supreme Court decisions. Three of them would say that there is no, all secret counts of any kind are illegal, whether it be taking them behind the back door or whether it be running them on a secret computer where nobody can see what's happening in that computer. Secret count illegal. So um, Well
1: now we've been so, talking about this for years. I know we've been talking yeah, about this right. for a long time.
9: That's <laughs> right. And I've been talking yeah, I've been talking about it since nineteen seventy nine. The Kayer brothers that wrote Vote Scam the Stealing of America were talking about it since nineteen seventy. Uh, Ron Keller was the earliest. He's still alive at seventy nine. He proved the voting machines were rigged in front of T V cameras in nineteen sixty four in Houston. And then in 2000, with the Bush Gore thing, Bev Harris and a lot of people came on board to investigate it. And a lot of these people know a heck of a lot more about computers. I mean, like, every, they know uh, they know computers. I don't. But what they don't stay focused on, and and even the best of them, is who are these three companies? Get rid of them, and then here's the only way to have verifiable elections: paper ballots cast. On the same election day like it used to be before 1996, you, everybody yeah. comes in, shows a breathing person, shows an ID. They yep. then vote. They put it in a box. That box is dumped over. At, at, you know, they dump the votes out at closing time, and then uh, a prearranged uh, 10 or 12 or 15 of your neighbors. Uh, count those votes in teams of two. Now with camera technology, we can bring the Las Vegas camera technology that they use in casinos and put it over the (laughs) counters and on the side of the counters and all day on the voting box. Mm -hmm. So nobody can cheat, even if it's all Democrats and all all Republicans. And it must be, the paper ballots must be counted before they leave the public site. If they, if they leave the public site, Mm -hmm. even for a few Mm -hmm. minutes, they they are, they are, um, if they leave the public site, even for a a minute or two, then that that precinct has to vote over because that's when the crooks steal things. Final thing here, Robert, so I don't go on too long. Uh, most exciting news of the last two days, General Flynn and Lynn Wood, who's the, he was the attorney for, uh, uh, for Nick Sandman, the the, the MAGA cap guy uh, that was called right. a smirker. And he got big money for him. There's a bunch of cases still pending. He's filed suit against Georgia officials. He's basically said, that uh, the governor and the secretary of state need to put, be put in jail, but him and 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 General Flynn both said Trump should not leave the White House. He should declare martial law and have the military and the National Guard oversee an honest paper ballot election. Uh, and and I agree 100% with that. I, I called into a talk show on WLW the other night, and the guy said, "Oh, you can't mean that." I do mean it. I don't care if there is a the military
4: fight. Oh,
1: there's some. There's other uh, Kelly. Are you? If you're talking to somebody else, are you? you yeah. You chime yeah, in hear, on the conversation.
9: I, I hear. I hear voices. That's why I'm stopping.
1: <laughs> Kelly, I, were you, you want to chime John. in, or were you talking to somebody else?
2: <laughs> I was. Well, I've me, been on mute. I've been on mute, no, Robert.
1: You sound. Oh, okay. You, okay. okay look, I heard talk somebody, but go ahead, Kelly. Well, let me right, just go finish ahead, this. Uh,
9: let me just finish this sentence or two, and that is. What they're saying is absolutely right. If we let them – and here's how we – again, we know it's stolen because in Pennsylvania, Trump is up 670,000 votes at election night at midnight. Two days later, Biden is up 160,000 votes. A million votes came forth, 90 percent for Biden. Biden, I hear 450,000 of them were uncreased, meaning they weren't mailed. 450,000 of them had one vote out of 80 choices. Joe Biden This is the most in-your-face – So people that say there's no evidence before we had all these whistleblowers, before we had the whistleblower who outed Dominion, thank God. But I noticed nobody but Tucker's ever mentioned the other two companies for some reason. That's bad. But uh, Dominion, a whistleblower came out before we had them, before we had the 100th affidavit. We knew that those ballots appearing in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan at 3.30 in the morning after the election were illegal, if you know what the law is. Most of these judges, by the way, on vote fraud, last thing I'm going to say, Robert, don't, don't make excuses for these judges. They are crooks. These judges are crooks. I, don't, I know it's hard for people to believe this, just like it's hard for them to believe that there is a tightly woven shadow government conspiracy that's, that owns the network, TV networks and all the major radio stations. People say, who would do this? Who would do this? Nobody would go to this amount of trouble. Yes, they would. The same international bankers. The same anti-Christian, anti-American, powerful people who took over Russia and China—they do it. They did it. They're doing it. And uh, uh, we have got to. Re- if Trump doesn't have the strength, ability, will to uh, to to declare martial law and not leave the White House until we get this all this fraud exposed, then we are the country's over you're going to see a beat down by the Biden and the Democrat and Senate Senate and, and, and House representatives like you never saw before. And we're going to have to make a choice somewhere down the road, which I don't want to make. I never thought I was going to die in a shootout like the OK Corral with law enforcement people, which surely probably beat me. But if they're coming to vaccinate my kids with this poisonous DNA altering and nanotech and brain, alt brain numbing vaccine, I'm going to have to defend my grandkids. So it's on that on that happy note, I don't know if, if you consider that optimistic or not, Kelly, but I have hope that Trump will not leave the White House with a whimper under this obvious stolen election scenario. Well, a couple of things,
1: uh, and then we're going to bring in uh, Joseph and then Holly, and then we'll bring things you know, round tables as, as people are on the call. Uh, and I tell you what, I've known you for a, a long time, Jim, and yeah. we've 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 had conversations both on the show and in person. And I would have to say I have never in the entire, what, probably uh, almost a decade <laughs> that I've yep, actually yep. born. I've been on the show since 2012, so, maybe about eight years.
9: Um,
4: wow, I've never
1: see, wow. seen you so fired up and so passionate uh, uh, on this call. I mean, you're fired up, man. This,
9: yeah, this is it, though. And I heard Trump was fired up today when he gave a, some kind of a speech or press conference. And I'm looking forward it's about to a forty minute what speech, yeah. I got to see it, but I'm really looking forward to the rally this Thursday in Georgia. That is going to give us a lot of clues as to what Trump is thinking and what he's going to do and what he might do, etc.
1: And that's tomorrow.
9: Uh, no, Saturday night in Georgia.
1: Well, oh, Saturday night in Georgia. Okay.
9: Trump's having a big well, rally in Georgia.
1: Well, we'll, uh, well, two things, and then I'll bring uh, Joseph in. Is and of course he stay on the line, Jim, because we got still got an hour and a half left of the show, so we definitely want to hear more yeah. from you. Uh, is that one thing is we're seeing all these, and I've been seeing this for a long time, and we've said this on the show is you know, if, if we can't trust our vote, I mean, what else? I mean, what else do we have? I mean, what other alternatives yeah. do we have? Uh, and right. then a second thing is is I think the Tea Party was somewhat successful. Uh, when they had all those crowds out, and what I think is I think you should – and then I'll bring this over to you, Joseph, and then Holly – is I think we need to take all those folks – and I've been to a number, and I've interviewed people as well at the at the Trump rallies. And if you take these thousands of people who are at Trump rallies and let's say, hey, you know what? Let's pick a day. Let's go to the headquarters of CNN. Let's go to the headquarters of the New York Times. Let's go to the headquarters of all these other uh, organizations. And I'm not saying we ransack them, but I would say that at least, you know, hey, protesting seems to work for the other side. I'm not saying riot. I'm not saying Molotov cocktails or anything of that nature. But I say, look, we get our signs, say we're tired of you lying to us. We know you are. We're not fooled. You're not fooling to us. And just protest in the tens of thousands outside of their – you know, again, if get the same people who go to the rally and good then go to idea. all these media outlets and then, and then protest outside fo- there, we got to show our voice.
9: Yeah, and, and I think you're bringing a good point. We have to focus on the main enemy, and the main enemy, the greatest enemy that the United States people have ever faced and that the world has ever faced is the controlled American major news media, all, almost all yep. major, all major television stations almost all major radio stations. And uh, this is the greatest enemy. And believe me, where they're headed is mandatory of tests of that bogus COVID test that DeWine tested positive when he didn't want to appear the, on the stage with Trump. Then the next morning he tested negative. If, if that didn't tip everybody off, what, what uh, and, you know? Elon Musk took four tests, two, two yay, two nay, in the same day. And then they're going to want mandatory vaccines. And that worldwide oh, yeah. criminal Fauci... One of the most evil men on on earth today, and Gates have both said, "Oh no, <laughs> and one one uh, vaccine isn't enough. We're going to have to have everybody take a vaccine every year. Anyone that takes these vaccines is nuts." But they're going to try to oh, make it. That you got to have a vaccine card to go to the grocery store. If you don't believe it, just stand by and watch what they try to do. I, I hope they don't get away with it. Oh well, I
1: tell you what, real quick, it's only about a five and a half minute audio and this didn't get in a lot of play anywhere okay this didn't get in a lot of play anywhere is there was the uh, town hall the Biden town hall and someone asked him point blank would you mandate vaccines now try, now Biden said well I, you can't mandate it but and here's the audio just hear it for himself and if you got to mute your mic while I play the audio go ahead i'm not going to mute people's mics Um, But if you need to mute your mic so the background noise, go ahead. But, I mean, this is the question and the answer at that town hall that even on the conservative media, I didn't hear anyone from the conservative media even bringing this up.
3: Coronavirus vaccine or potential. Uh, Senator Harris stated that she absolutely
6: would not take a vaccine from President Trump. And of course, we all know it's not President
3: Trump that would create this vaccine. It would be doctors and scientists that presumably we all trust. So my question for you is, if a vaccine were approved by between now and the end of the year, would you take
5: it? And if you were to become president, would you mandate that everyone has to
10: take it? Two things. Number one, President Trump talks about things that just aren't accurate about everything from vaccines. We're going to have one right away. It's going to happen and so on. The point is that if the scientists, if the body of scientists say, that this is what is ready to be done and there, it's, it's been tested, it's gone through the three phases. Yes, I would take it. And I'd encourage people to take it. But President Trump says things like, you know, everything from this crazy stuff he's walking away from now, inject bleach in your arm and that's going to work. I'm not being a bit, I'm not being facetious, I mean, he's actually said these things. And now Regeneron is the answer, that's going to cure everything. There's 500,000 doses, we got a couple, you know, we have a, more than a few million people. Um, you know. And so... And most of the, if you notice, most of the companies who are developing these vaccines are working, they're making real progress. I meet with four leading scientists at least twice a week in the beginning, four times a week, giving us the detail on what kind of progress is being made. And right now, they do the right thing. When they run into a serious problem, they halt the test. They don't continue until they figure out what the problem was. They're not there yet. And the most scientists say that it's not likely to have a vaccine that would be available until the beginning of next year, into the into the spring of next year, and in the meantime, what I worry about is the same thing with Regeneron, which is which is a useful antidote, not antidote, a useful uh, tool, but. What's happening is there is no plan to figure out how to distribute it. How many, you know, we have 500,000, you know, uh, um, vials of it. Well, we don't have all the testing equipment. We don't have all the ability to get it to the people who need it. And what we should be doing now, and allegedly it's happening, but I've not seen it yet, nor the docs that I've talked to have seen it. There should be a plan when we have the vaccine. How do we distribute it? And once we get it, if it's safe, if it's effective, will you mandate? its use the answer is depending on how clear there's vaccines they say have a very positive impact and they're going to affect positively 85 percent of the american public or there's others say this vaccine is really the key this is this is this is the golden key it depends on the state of the nature of the vaccine, when it comes out, and how it's being distributed. That would depend on, but I would think that we should be talking about, depending on the continuation of the spread of the virus, we should be thinking about making it mandatory. How could you enforce that? Well, you couldn't. That's the problem. Just like you can't can't enforce measles. You can't can't come to school unless you have a measles shot. You know, you can't. But you can't say everyone has to do this. But you would just like you can't mandate a mask. But you can say you can go to every governor and get them all in a room, all 50 of them as president, and say. Ask people to wear the mask. Everybody knows. And if they don't, and they don't, no, not fine. Then I go to every governor, I go to every mayor, I go to every councilman, I go to every local official, say, mandate the mask. Men say this is what you have to do when you're out. Make sure you encourage it being done. Look, George, you and I know, and I think you do too as well, the words of a president matter.
1: And so I wasn't going to get the rest so There's about a, a minute left, so and when he was saying mandate the mask," what he was really was talking about was, yeah, you, know, mandating the vaccine. so basically, you know he's going to go to the government and what if the governor's been doing with the mask? oh if you you can't do it to a store unless you have a mask. But the thing is is with, with, it's going to be it's, I think it's going to be a lot easier to get to make people take a vaccine than it would be to make them wear a mask because with the vaccine. You don't carry a record around on whether you wear a mask or not. There's no way to prove that. But you can prove that someone's been inoculated because a school will say, you need to show me the record, or an employer needs to say, I want you to show me the record that you took this vaccine, and if you don't show me the record that you took this vaccine, well, then we just can't let you work, or we can't let your child inside the school. And he mentioned the measles. I guess they made him make you have a measles shot before they'll let a child go into the school. And so again, this didn't get and we'll bring it over to uh real quick uh, to you Jim and then and then to you, Joseph, is that because you, you mentioned about the, the vaccines being mandatory as well with the plague now that's why I want to get your response. but again, this did not get a lot of play in in any media, even the conservative media really didn't talk much about that. Go ahead, uh, Jim, and then we'll bring it to Joseph then Holly, because you, you brought it up no, I you just say I for that I, audio.
4: Yeah, it
9: struck me the way uh, the way Biden was really didn't know what his own answer was. He was kind of feeling his way through. He, he'll do whatever they tell him to do. He's always been for a world leader, a very low IQ, a plagiarist, and a sociopath and a mobster. Uh, and his mobsterism has come out in his son saying in those emails, "I won't make you give me half of your salary like Dad does." So. It's not illegal, believe it or not, for Hunter Biden to make a billion dollars from China for nothing. It is illegal for Joe Biden, the office holder, to take any of it. So he also needs to go to prison if you have had an justice in this country. So anyway, I'm just hoping Trump will not let this theft stand. If if you win an election, anybody, and you let the other side steal it, then we're done we're done if we're not done now we're going to be done soon because uh, anyway uh, you gave me a lot of time Robert let me I'm eager to hear what others have to say
3: Robert Robert this is Chris in Kentucky again I am going to have to um, respectfully bow out just because I've got a lot of things going again tomorrow but um, um, you know I want to thank you for uh, letting me come in here And, and, and I'd like to just quickly draw attention. I don't know who's all listening, but, um, AFEI Kentucky will be at a, a protest event on Saturday in Frankfurt. Um, we'll be talking about some of these things in, in, you know, in line with, um, the constitution issue issues we we're having with Bashir, but I'd like to direct people to our website, which is dot And also right now, what's really important. We still are on Facebook and, uh, with Americans for Election Integrity, Kentucky, we just posted um, a video uh, grab of um, Colonel Phil Waldron talking about the, uh, the 560 flip. And um, in, in context with the fact that our legislators are also going to try to file articles of impeachment against Bashir, um, as a pressure play, um, and, again, we are nonpartisan, but when you see and hear what uh, Phil Waldron says about this 2019 election uh, in Kentucky, we certainly would like to have a lot of eyes on this post. So if any of you listeners uh, feel so inclined to go to our Facebook page and um, share that post, it would, be, uh, it would be much appreciated. But thank you very much, and um, um, I, I just appreciate giving us a voice
2: Thanks for coming on, Chris. I really appreciate this. Sure.
3: My pleasure.
2: You know, a uh, little air time here, a uh, little air gap, but I, you know, I've been working on this for over 10 years, and at times I have felt so alone. At times I have felt, why in the world do I even vote? But you know what? When we have four, I would be one, and we got Jim there in Ohio, Chris in Kentucky, we got got uh, – Major Dave there in uh, North Carolina, that's four of us I don't feel alone anymore And I have been Seeing over the years so many election Integrity activists come out of The woodwork, eventually We're going to have enough mass movement to, to really Change this So back, back to you Robert Robert Did, did, did somebody Fall asleep there? Okay
1: Um, No, I I didn't fall asleep I muted my my own mic while I was listening I I muted my own mic Um, And so uh, I don't know why I did that, but I did it I guess when I played the audio I I muted it, and maybe I muted it again But uh, anyway, so no uh, Thank you very much, uh, Chris, come on We always want to, and speaking of other places uh, We do have uh, uh, Someone who looks like From Toronto, and I'm a Blue Jays fan So someone's got some... uh, noise going on in the background, but I do want to bring things back to Joseph. And then after Joseph Holly, and then we get 647, Eric 647, it looks like from uh, Toronto, Canada, uh, wants to chime in, and so we'll definitely want to hear from you as well. Uh, but we, we have plenty of time. There's still over an hour worth of the show, so we will get you in. So go ahead, Joseph, and whoever's got that background noise, please meet your mic. Go ahead, Joseph.
6: Absolutely, Robert. So since my name was invoked, I'm going to clarify uh, what I didn't have a chance to say. And if any of the listeners were listening closely to my words, exactly. I stated, I do not believe there's a pathway. I never stated, stop the fight in any way, shape, or form. And I love having you listeners on the show. I think that's great. That's what makes this the people show. But I've had other listeners in the past that asked, hey, can you get some clarification? Because when you don't know someone on a personal record, you can only go on their professional record. And, Robert, you can attest to this. I am the most loyal pro-Trump panelist on the show. I've been way before November 3rd. have been advocating for the integrity of the election and a Trump win and a red-blue wave. And if people listen to the archives, I've come on week after week stating... We need to keep up the fight. We cannot let this uh, get stolen. We have to fight. We have to be more mobilized. We have to be more organized. So I would encourage anyone who has any reservations about me, before you go and lambast somebody and jumping the gun without even knowing the person or the individual, maybe check out what the person really stands for, what he stated on the show consistently. I think that's very important. I get passions are high, but at the same time, I'm on the very same team. I want what everyone did, else wants.
9: Did you believe that I was lambasting you when I, when I talked? I, I wasn't trying to lambast you. I just said that, that the Senate races are the important thing now is a, is a left-wing talking point. That's all I said. So I was just disagreeing with you. I wasn't impugning – If you're referring about me. I wasn't impugning your loyalty to Trump or your character or anything else. Now,
1: it, it, it's one of the things so, that, yeah, that you put – yeah, no, I mean, one thing you pointed out, Joseph, and I, mean, I agree. I mean, there was a, as I mentioned earlier in the show… Uh, and you, you say, you know, a, emotions are high, and I, and I try to be as uh, unemotional as I can, but, but it is true. And we, I mean, just being – you has know, got background noise, I don't know if it's dishes or what, but uh, please mute your mic. I don't want to have to get – I don't want to go through many different people's mics, but it's not like there's dishes or background noise or speakerphone or something. Um, but anyway, I, I think – hold on a second. I'm going to have to get rid of that. Okay, I may have gotten rid of that. No?
8: Uh, You want me to make you some juice?
1: Is that coming from you, Joseph?
8: No,
6: absolutely not.
9: The other thing that I guess I disagreed with somebody on was that there's no uh, path to victory because these lower courts are 99% crooks, so don't worry about Losing at the lower courts, uh, I mean it. The judges, most of the judges, belong in jail for decisions they've made on election fraud. And uh, so I, did, I but again, I wasn't. I I want to say clearly, I was not impugning anybody's character or challenging anybody's uh, loyalty. I was just disagreeing on two points that, that, that were made.
6: Correct, correct. And, so uh, let me let me finish because I wasn't allowed to uh, to finish. So, as we get back to what you were saying, Jim, you went on to further state that what I was saying was talk points from the left and implied of where I was getting my news media from. That's where you and I disagree, and that's okay. It's okay to have disagreement. Uh, The point I'm trying to make is my talking points are not from the left in any way, shape, or form. As I stated earlier in the show, if anyone listened carefully to what I said is, I believe at this point, Trump does not have a pathway, but I in no way, shape, or form ever implied or stated that we don't continue to fight or try to have a contingency plan. If anything, you stating that I am taking uh, talk points from the left, now that's what the left does best. When you don't agree with somebody then you resort to playing that page out of their playbook, which I disagree, but for the sake of the show, I will agree to disagree with you on that. That's where I think I was, not, uh, I was misjudged, but that's okay. Hey, this is a show. Passions are high. They're not talking points from the left. If they were, please elaborate on any specifics, but they're not talking points from the left. I believe okay, Robert. Trump at this point doesn't have a pathway. However, the worst mistake we can make as conservatives is not having a plan B. We need to have a plan B. If Trump, the election does not go in his favor, what do we do next? And that is what I'm advocating on this show because that's what the Dems would like us to do. The Dems want us to put all our eggs in one basket. That's their strategy. And they want to leave us with not preparing for a plan B. And I'm sorry. I am an American patriot. Kelly can attest to this. Robert can attest to this. I care for this country and the future generations after. And I want to make sure we leave the the land of the free and the home of the brave. And in doing so, I am proud to say, yes, I'm going to have a contingency plan. I'm going to have a plan B. People can agree and they can disagree. That's why it's uh, First Amendment freedom of speech. And that's completely fine. But I can assure you, none of my talking points are from the left in any way, shape, or form. I assure you, what I am preparing conservatives for is a plan B. If Biden and the DNC and the dem operatives do get away with rigging this election, I, for one, am not going to sit on my hands and say, all right, I surrender. The fight is over. Our country is over. Now, anyone can do what they want on their own volition, That's up to them. I am not here to judge, and I'm not here to uh, be the judge, jury, and executioner. Who am I to say what a person should or should not do? I don't play that game on this show or in real life as a person. All I can speak of is me individually, I'm not going to sit down and not stop the fight. For as long as I'm breathing, I am going to fight for this country to remain the land of the free and the home of the brave. And I'll do everything in my power by looking towards 2022 and 2024, and I get it. People are disenfranchised, and I get it. Some people are at the point where, okay, if this election is successfully rigged, that's it, I'm done. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, that's what the left wants us to do. We will be playing into their playbook. They want to defeat us, not only by rigging an election, but by defeating us morally. To the point where we don't want to ever resurrect, and that is the worst mistake we can do as conservatives. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if we as conservatives end the fight, then we have given this country to the Dems for the rest of the future of this country, and we have given we, 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 have not, we will no longer have this country as the land of the free and the home of the brave. So, I personally, if this election is successfully rigged, yes, I will be devastated. Oh, I will be scared of what a, I would say, a, a Harris administration would bring. But I'm not going to stop the fight. For as long as I have airs in my lungs, I'm not. Because if you look at the people, the brave soldiers of World War II and World War I and the Civil War, imagine if they would have stopped fighting when a battle or a victory didn't go their way. Imagine what country we would have left to the future generations. We probably wouldn't have any. So all I can say is um, I'm going to keep on fighting the, the, the good fight, whichever way this goes, but I am going to plan for a plan B, and I think conservatives do need to plan for a plan B because we need to make sure that this could never happen again. And the only way we can do that is by conservatives uniting and by also getting all the governors and all the red states together. And I'll leave on one more thing. I, of all people, know what the pain and suffering is of living in a blue state and losing everything that I had. I lived in Hawaii for three years, very happily. I wanted to spend the rest of my life in Hawaii. It's paradise. Who doesn't? Never agreed with the politics. But after the national shutdown, we were open again, and then the Democratic governor, David Ige, shut us down which made tourism collapse, which collapsed every other industry, and I had to get up and move to two different red states. So I know what it's like with the tyrannical rule of these Dem governors, and I know firsthand as a walking testimonial what damage they have done to me in millions of disenfranchised Americans who who are fleeing New York, who are fleeing Illinois, who are fleeing California, we are fleeing Hawaii at record levels and moving on to red states where they have a chance. So I know what the hurt is. I know what this fight is all about. I know where my priorities are. And I know people are not always going to agree with me, but I'm not on here for a popularity contest. But as long as I can go to bed at night and sleep with my conscience and I know where my values lie, where my priorities lie, and I'm proud of my country and everything we've accomplished, and I'm not giving up the fight, Well, Robert, my good friend and American Patriot, I can sleep with a clean conscience at night, but I am going to say I'm going to sleep with great uncertainty and knowing that if, if, and I'm saying if, this election does get rigged, we are looking at four
4: years of
6: more pain and suffering. And that is why it is so important that we take back the House in 2022 and retain the Senate so we can have a check and balance on a potential, and once again, I'll say on a potential, Harris and Biden administration. Thank you, Robert. I'll defer well, back to you.
1: And, and I, I had to mute. The, the, my I think the the background noise was coming from yourself, but you know, I think you were doing dishes. Now. But I'll uh, go ahead, Jim. If you want to make comment, that I do want to bring Holly I, back in.
9: Yeah, can in. I? Uh, yeah, can I? Real quick, Robert. I mean, I, I Robert. I think I think you're taking offense where no offense was met. I, I agree with you 100. percent We can't give up. I agree with everything you said. I agree with your spirit. All I'm saying is. You may believe totally in what you said about Trump doesn't have a path to victory and, um, and so forth, but that is, if you turn on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, that is their main talking point. I'm just, I'm just I'm not, I shouldn't say if I implied or, or, or left it open that maybe you copied it from them, you believe it, okay? But that is their main thing. Give up. Trump's deranged. He has no chance for victory, there's no fraud. I think you might have also said there's no fraud proven. There's so much fraud, it's it's falling out. So just – I'm not imputing your character just saying I wanted to put in my two cents on those points, but it's no attack on your well, character. I agree with everything you said on on, on how we got to fight.
1: And, and this ain't uncommon, and then I'll, I do want to get Holly here, is that – I mean this has happened to me recently. I've been going back and forth with a fellow uh, talk show host uh, on a different platform. Uh, but you know, he, got, he made offense on a comment that I was just trying to make as an observation. I was telling him about the voter fraud, and he was coming up like, oh, well, you know, maybe it was a producer who switched the numbers and, and realized – because I sent him a video about the, the vote flipping. And he came back and he said, oh, well, you know, maybe it was a producer who you know, uh, punched in the, the wrong numbers of the, uh, of the vote and, you know, and, and changed it back when they noticed their mistake – And I made a comment. I said, said, wow, I'm surprised at your response. I said, you kind of sound like you're practicing for a job at uh, Fox News or CNN. Uh, And he took great offense to that. I mean, I was just trying to make an observation about what his comment sounded like. And I even said it sounds like. But he took great offense. He thought of – I actually meant that he was practicing for it when I. I was trying to make an observation and, and, and not a critique or an insult to him. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, so unfortunately those things, things happening amongst uh, us allies, uh, and that's what we are here. And so let's go ahead and, and, and bring in Holly. And then we do have the uh, Toronto caller I do want to bring in. Again, I'm a big Blue Jays fan, so i, I definitely like to <laughs> somebody from Toronto. That'd be uh, great. But, uh, Holly, if you want to add anything, and then I want to bring in our caller from – Uh, Toronto. What I'll do is uh, I'll be bringing you six four seven Arico into the green room. uh, Just get your first name, and then uh, we'll get you into the show. Uh, But go ahead, Holly. uh, Any comments you want to add to what we've really discussed so far? Go ahead.
5: Yes, thank you. Well, I did hear um, as I was working out in the woods today, I was listening to uh, Sydney Powell speak and Lynn Wood. And one of the things that she did say that it, it, you know, just it looked like the only way we can have an honest election is through paper ballots. And it, you know, if we can just hear, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, rah, 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 this and this and that emotions. And, you know, Lynn Wood is very passionate in speaking and, and everyone's passionate, but um, Sydney had a wonderful smile on her face, but, um, and and she was also, of course, full of passion. But, you know, she's very somewhat more measured, let's say, in her speech than some. And and um, so, you know, the idea of – I mean, it's so huge, first of all. There has uh, been real, a lot of quick, Real quick, real, real quick but,
1: Holly. Okay. Real, real, oh, sorry. Real, real quick. No, it's a programming note. Is that we got about three minutes left of uh, to the top of the hour. Now the, one oh, of the way it works here on Blog Talk Radio is that if you drop your your mic, or for me it's a mic, but if you drop your phone call, you won't be able to call back in. So if you have a cell phone or something like that nature, then it's charged. Make sure it's charged because if you get disconnected, unfortunately you won't be able to call back in. So that would be in the next three minutes. The show's still going to go on for another hour. It's just after that you won't be, if you lose the call you'll no longer be able to hear the show, and you will know, we'll no longer be able to uh, call back in. So that's just a programming note on that. But go ahead, Holly. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm
5: plugged you. in. Yeah, uh, I'm plugged in. And, but right after I make my uh, comment here, then I might go off to the store and come back. But um, so in any event, I was listening to Sydney Powell there in Georgia today in um, that moment, and she did recommend the paper ballots. And what I was about to say is Oh, The idea of calling martial law never occurred to me that I would ever almost support it. But as that other uh, person, is it Jim, was saying, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I almost don't want to go there, but I can kind of see in this case there could be some wisdom given. We have already had election fraud. Dream in your face so crystal clear as day from all quarters or many, many, many quarters and like, you know, as many as we can imagine and some we couldn't have even imagined. And so it is so clear that, uh, you know, we have a national emergency. So, but obviously in the PR thing, it's not going to be good to call martial law until we can get a paper ballot vote because of course the way the pound, pound, pound of the media to say, uh, to do the opposite like for example my f- friend was listening to the Ashland Communist Radio thing just monitoring it they don't call themselves the Ashland Communist thing but and they were starting to do the opposite of saying well Trump would have won i mean excuse me um Biden would have won if we just did the paper ballots Trump is the one who f- got the benefit of the fraud in Dominion so they switch around in in 2016 so they switch around First they're saying, oh, no election fraud, no election fraud, and then they kind of throw back exactly what they did, you know, like the liar, you know, I don't know how all that works, but yeah. So, you know, yes, I feel so much safer with a paper ballot, and as the other um, fellow, Jim, said, is to make sure it does not go out of that precinct, have the, you know, the little Las Vegas things where they see the hands and make sure it doesn't go out and somehow, you know, simplicity of that, hopefully, you know, it would be honest, although, you know, tricksters always perhaps find a way to trick, but the best we could do, because, I mean, there's electronics are so prone to uh, manipulations and things that we don't know, and then I've heard that, you know, any component made in China can, you know, be manipulated or turned off and on, And and so, you know, I just... I just think that, yes, I don't know the answer, and I thank you for all of this. And it is good time to, even if we don't pray daily, to get back on that path. Maybe you all pray daily, but it is good. And, and I was inspired to pray a little bit for Sydney Powell and for these people today as I was listening to them. So the good thing about this is that it is inspiring me to pray a little bit more, and i got to get on it. So I'll invite the Mormon missionary kids. I'm not Mormon, to help me with some physical labor I need out at my property. And they always like to pray. So I said, okay, let's pray. <laughs> so um, so anyway, so however we can get together, because some things, you know, okay, man and God, and some things are so beyond us. But one thing that Lynn Wood did say is say, hey, the walls of Jericho come tumbling down, watch it. You know, and so, yeah, we can have faith, we can have blind faith, but, but, but work and pray. Like my dad has a little saying that said, You know, work, and this is what you guys are doing, what what Kelly's been doing. Work as though everything depends on you and pray as though everything depends on God. And I'm kind of a hypocrite to say that because I have not been praying as though everything depended on God for many years, unfortunately. But even just that little prayer, and this is certainly inspiration for anyone to at least try out prayer, perhaps, for God's will. You know, let God's will be done and to protect these people uh, and all of the people working with them, um, Sidney Powell and um, so many other people, and to um, allow the good guys in heaven to kick butt, so to speak, you know, to because there is Archangel Michael, uh, the Saints of the Lord, and I have experienced that firsthand. And I don't mean to sound weird or anything, but you know, however it is, and it's it's Christian, but it's also the Christ consciousness, you know, the mind, let that mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, which is not the liar and the lie, which is not deception, which is not evil. And so whether someone is like this sweet Indian woman testifying today next to Gi- Rudy Giuliani Giuliani there, she was, um, maybe she was Hindu, maybe she was Buddhist, I don't know, but she still had a love of truth, you know, she ha- she still had that, you know, let that mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, you know, and some people say that Jesus, you know, between the ages of 12 and 30 may have even gone to the Far East and met a Tibetan Lama. Who knows? So, yes, we do not want what, what the communist Chinese people have done to the dear people of China, including the Tibetans, including the people who like to do Tai Chi in the park. We do not want um, the whole horrible stuff that is right here at our doorstep more than we realize. And, um and so we just have to pray. I have a daughter who's at UC Berkeley, and she says, "Oh, what's wrong with Karl Marx?" You know, she's only 20 years old. So I have a book called that I just ordered called "The Economic Theory of Jesus Christ and the Religious Philosophy of Karl Marx," and it's published by the Light, Summit Lighthouse. But it's from some lectures in the 1980s, and I, it's sort of a little hard for me to read. But I did was I gave her a copy and me a copy after she said that because I didn't was not ready to go full on academic with her, and she wanted to fight me. And I just go, I mean, academically fight. And I said, uh, you know, this Black Lives Matter, I said, you know, that is a Marxist organization. And she says, well, what's wrong with Karl Marx? And so, yes, I need to get back on. Yeah, that's pretty, but not, yeah, that's so pretty thank scary you. Go about That's
1: saying about Karl Yeah, the, the, that's pretty scary them thinking, oh, yeah, Karl Marx is okay. Yeah, right. Uh, let's just, yeah, let's, so they promote that. Go time ahead. I to, yeah. to, to do more of that. But I do want to talk to Patrick. Um, here uh, I, again the area coach says Toronto, so that's what my, my perception is at this point. Um, which again I'm a, I've always have been a Blue Jays fan. I always want to see a Montreal Expos and the Toronto Blue Jays play in a World Series. Unfortunately now that the Montreal Expos are no longer where well, they have been for a while, but that that dream unless I unless I'm able to mimic it on an old baseball video game, um, is is gone. So <laughs> Anyway, thank you very much Patrick, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
11: I'm doing just fine and yourself.
1: Oh, you know hanging in there um you know as, as we pointed out, we're kind of tired of fighting seems like that's all we ever do but uh but here we are <laughs>
4: Go ahead. Well, I, think, uh,
11: I no i i i think I think one of the key things is that you know the the people that want to you know what they call save. America have to make up their mind on what it is they really want. You you can't you have to come to an agreement that you're going to hold certain certain morals and values you know and and hold those things instead of letting them go. I mean, if you if you're saying, you know, hey, we're we're Republican, you know, do or die, or conservative do or die. Then what that does is that sets you up because that's not it's, it's the principles that you have to stand on. It's not it's not the it's not just, you know, the political party or some surface ideology. And the reason I say that is because George Bush told you that there was going to be a new world years ago. George Bush Senior. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. And nobody you're, listened. You're right. Why? Because the yep. people that were saying, "Oh, I'm so conservative. Oh I'm so Republican," that's what you hung your hat on instead of the principle. You know, when you know when they went into Iraq and they killed Saddam, which was a setup. You know, everybody knew that was a setup, but there was a lot of rah rah, go kill him. You know? Gaddafi. That was a setup. And then there was a lot of rah-rah from both sides, even the Republicans and the conservatives. Now, here's why that's dangerous. That's dangerous because number one, you're not standing on any morals or or values that say, Hey, we're not gonna be doing this kind of stuff. We're not behind this kind of thuggery and thievery. Because you know what? The same people that do it over there, once they're done, they're going to turn their eye to you, and that's what's going on. Now their eye is turning to you, and they're saying, oh, now we have to come after you, right? See, before it was rah-rah when it was somebody else getting killed and shot. Now they're coming after you, and it's like, hey, what's going on? That's the danger of rah-rah. You understand well, what I'm it, saying? That, That's the danger well, couple, of it. The danger is that it will eventually come back to you.
1: Well, a couple things on that is, you know, first, with uh, I've got two, uh, two uh, possible thoughts on, on what happened with Saddam Hussein. One is, I think it's it one of two things. And I really don't think we'll ever truly find out. I, I just don't. And uh, Jim, if you want to, you know, you know, chime in on this, that's fine. Um, is that I th- personally, I think there was WMDs. I do. I people. I I do think that there was weapons of mass destruction. I do think that's the case uh, because they they debated about going in there to to get them for 18 months. That was plenty of time. To move those weapons of mass destruction again. That's just my thought. I think that they moved them personally. I think they moved them to Syria. I think those weapons of mass destruction did exist in the Syria. Now, on, now that's one. I think that's one possibility. The second possibility could have just been Bush wanting to get revenge on Saddam Hussein for putting a, an assassination attempt against his father. He still could have just been in, you know him up for an act of revenge for you know Hussein trying to get his, his father. Um, you know, so I mean, I think it could go the, those, that way. But, I mean, I do think there was weapons mass destruction. I just don't think – I think they were gone by the time we, we, we got in there because we just put, we put it around for 18 months. Uh, oh, what, what, what should we do? What should we do? Well, it's too late now. I mean, by the time you, you actually did something, Listen. they are like, you're gone.
11: Listen. Listen, when he defied – he had those – any weapons he had, he bought from the U.S. That's how they know he had them, number one. But number two, it was when he, he defied the U.S. that the U.S. came after him. Now, my, my, my whole point for that in saying yeah. that is that if you don't stand on morals over across the board, this is what happens, is that the public can be exploited into doing certain things and believing certain things and being manipulated. When you stand on when you stand on your when you stand on those principles across the board for everybody there's no way I can trick you into believing certain things but when you have it for some and not for others and that kind of thing then you can be easily manipulated um, um, so that that's that's my point in that and I, what, what, you know if, if you if you continue to do the same thing you're gonna even if Let's say if you were to get um, you know, your your preferred outcome in this, guess what? You're going to be right back here if you don't change and, and, and pull back on some of this, you know, being unfair and, 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 and doing some of this thing. It's, you're going to end up in a place well, yeah, let's, because let's, you're let's, believing the same let's, thing. Let's, let's you're that. open to manipulation.
1: What, what, okay, but let, let's – and I know it sounds like you want to – the, the time in two, but, you know, but I do have a quick question uh, for you, Patrick. Is when you when you say being unfair, uh, let's put an example to that. Uh, being, like the United States, like be, or the government or whatever government being unfair in what context? I mean, give me an example. Give me an example. I know you said W N D. We went into Iraq. They killed, you know, Saddam Hussein. They killed uh, Gaddafi. I, I, I mean, is that what you talk about with, with fair? Yeah, but
11: I, I mean, I but don't want to think of to your a different soul. example Oh, oh, it's not just that, but i i what I wanna say is that no, and I'm not give us an is one side, Go ahead. well i'm I'm not saying it's one side or the other, right? I'm not saying is conservative doing that or there's liberal doing that. when you stand on a principle, you have to stand on it across the board, or you are open to manipulation that is my that's the point I'm trying to get across, right. If it's for some people and not for others, and some people are getting mistreated and that kind of thing, the people that are doing the mistreating, once they get a hold of those that's mistreating, they're going to look around because criminality is insatiable. You can't quench that thirst. You know, once a man, once a man gets a, a, a hunger for that kind of thing, he, he doesn't. You can't. You can't quench that thirst. So he's going to look around. It's going to come back to you. They're going to have to look at you because this is where the United States is where the resources are. So when they look outward and they do things outward, they're going to eventually turn around and then turn to you. And that's what's happening. The people that you say, you know, okay, you know, we're going to roll with these people, whatever they do around the world and whatever they do, even domestically to certain people, we're going to roll with them. Now you're at a point where they're turning towards you, and now you got to fight with them, right? You know, like, it, it, and that- it's amazing to see that it's happening. So, you know, you know, like I said, George Bush Sr. said, there's going to be a new world order, people. And, you know, conservatives, whether you like it or not, you know, all these hardworking people,
1: they guess what? This I is what's going to happen. happen. Are, are you saying they didn't believe him? And, and then I'm going to bring it over to
11: you, Jim. It sounds like you want the time. So are I, I'm like saying that they else, didn't believe? You know, comment, yeah.
1: Well, sure, I am. Um, but, but so you're saying that because he was a Republican and he said New World Order, uh, so, so, certain people didn't listen to him just because he was a Republican? He was a Republican. i Is that I correct.
11: Think have some both sides. I think when you have okay. people talking about certain things, on either side, because partisanship is just the order of the day. And I'm American, by the way. So partisanship oh, is just the order of the day. You live in Toronto, or you just have a Toronto phone number? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm up here for now. Yeah, I'm up here for now. Uh, gotcha.
1: got you. Well, go ahead, uh, Jim. You, you had uh, okay, but Jim, you got a, a comment on that, or?
9: Yeah, I, I okay. could What's not. There? I I could. I just want to make a few comments, and you can respond, Robert. Uh, wait, Patrick. Patrick's. Patrick's the gentleman that was just speaking, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I couldn't agree more with Patrick on this, what he's saying of letting your republicanism or your democratism triumph in, uh, you know, lead your principle is now proving fatal.
4: <clears throat>
9: George W. Bush, I mean, I am was a part of the Pat Buchanan, Ron Paul conservatives. Everybody just about fell yeah, like off Pat their Buchanan. Yeah, everybody just about fell off their chair that was aware that who had been listening to the John Burt Society or – and I always have to say John Burt Society is falsely accused of being anti-Semitic and anti-black, which is a complete lie. In fact, I tell people if you can find one line in the last uh, 62 years since the John Burt Society was founded that's against Israel, I'd like to see it. They've never written a line against Israel now or against a Jewish lobby in this country. So they were warning everyone about the New World Order since 1958. And I got a wind of what they were saying in 1972 when somebody sent me a book out of the blue. So when he said this in 1990 or 89, September 11th, by the way, all of us just about fell off our chair that somebody was saying it in public. And then when Bill Clinton, when he was – giving his acceptance speech of the 1992 he said i was taught by carol quigley and he praised Uh him well carol quigley the john birch society had exposed going back to the 60s as the author of tragedy and hope where he carol quigley was george he wasn't dying and he wrote a book exposing the entire ruling elite and saying that they want world government and my only disagreement with him is i think they should let it be known okay so now we got uh what thing patrick's saying i'm afraid robert we're having uh, disagreements amongst friends tonight i got to agree with patrick 100 percent on uh, on and i don't know if patrick will agree with what i'm going to say but i agree with him that uh, the bush family is a criminal family it was obscene to see them uh, uh, waxing eloquent over w bush uh, the daddy bush dying in my opinion so what happened in 2001 And when we went in and and killed Saddam Hussein Hussein, and then later killed Gaddafi, Gaddafi was actually, I think, a great man. He was trying to bring water to Africa and everything else, and he was just – he was – him and Saddam were both killed because they would not knuckle under to the federal reserve system of our country, okay? And I'm going to broach the unbroachable subject now, Robert. Anyone can disagree we're faith. I disagree. i just, just, just ahead. <laughs> like, go ahead,
1: man. So I haven't heard
0: one, enough to disagree. Go ahead. I haven't heard
1: enough. Okay. Of disagree. No. Go
9: ahead. <laughs> no, I'm I'm one one fourth Sicilian Italian. I'm half Irish, one fourth Sicilian Italian, and the Sicilian Italians is where the mafia came from. And while well, most Sicilian Italians I, my wife were is Sicilian Italian, I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> While well, most Sicilian Italians are against the mafia, if the FBI had to go after Bobby Kennedy, mafia, they had to look in the Sicilian-Italian community. Now, if I said, how dare you attack my heritage by trying to get the mafia dons, I would hope you would think I was either insane or part of the mafia. So we have a situation today, what is called the conspiracy, the ruling elite. Uh, Sean, he calls it the deep state or the shadow government the first time he mentioned it. John Birch Society called the conspiracy. It is powered 80% by powerful Jewish, anti-American, anti-Christian Jewish individuals. 9-11 was done by Israel and Jewish traitors in our government. Look up a speech by Christopher Boleyn called Solving 9-11 – Jews were at every choke point. Not all Jews. A lot of Jews are exposing this on the, on the local level. I'm talking about the hierarchy, like the mafia dons, of probably few, 60,000 people, probably total in the network worldwide. They did 9 11, and immediately they blamed it on 19 Arab kids who supposedly defeated our $3 billion defense system by turning the transponders off in the planes. Do you think we. Uh, we we need the russians to keep the transponders on if they're coming to attack us of course not radar picks up the plane no matter what so that was thrown by traitors and then what they do they said two things and lawrence eagleberger one of henry kissinger's assistants who died in 2012 on cnn he came in at 20 to 10 after the second tower uh, fell and he said on Ten minutes after the second tower fell, Americans are going to have to learn that we're going to be at war in the Middle East for 50 years. We've been there 17 so far, and we're going to have to learn that we're going to have to give up our uh, freedoms for security. So what this top primarily Jewish-powered group of sociopaths, which includes Comey, Brennan, and a ton of Hillary Clintons, the Bushes, and a lot of non-Jews, but that network told us through the media – that we're going to go to the Mideast we're going to go to the uh, uh, Mid East on what I believe was 100% made up weapons of mass destruction. I don't believe that Robert at all. That there ever was any things, such thing. They told us that Saddam was going to be able to nuclear bomb the United States from vans that were moving around. But we went to the Middle East for one reason, because the Jewish lobby, APAC, controls our Congress. And they wanted us to knock down all the Arab countries. The only two left are Syria and Iran, and I'm no fan of – I don't want to be joined at the hip with Iran. I'm just saying they want all those Arab countries knocked down. Five of the seven they wanted knocked down, including Gaddafi and Saddam, have been knocked down by our military because we've been tricked into doing it. And we killed about two million Iraqis, about a million little kids who didn't even know where New York City or 9-11 was, and that is an unconscionable crime on our country. And this is all because people are rah-rah with the Republicans, just like Patrick is saying. And the second thing they said after 9-11, and it's happening now, we will surveil you for your own protection. And they're surveilling everybody. And now they're getting, they figured out this COVID is the best thing they've ever had because people are oh, afraid yeah. they're going to die. If, if they walk past you in Kroger's. they're afraid they're going to die. And so they're right now trying to bring us communism through COVID by making and and if they get us to the force vaccines and you can't go to the grocery store and they get the military station throughout the, the country so that you can't travel from state to state without a vaccine shot that's what they're shooting for now i hope they're not going to mm-hmm. make it but i'm just saying the not understanding this background force and if you want and this guy doesn't call any names like i just did naming who's behind most of it uh bill still the secret of oz it's 90 minutes it's on youtube or now bitchute maybe Please watch that, because he goes into how the international bankers behind the Fed, the IMF, uh, the Bank of Settlements, and the Goldman Sachs took over the United States and now is gradually and gradually getting more power. And he also has a three-hour video called The Money Masters he made in 1996. I think Secret of Oz was made in 2008, but I strongly recommend people watch that to see the Democrat and Republican is just play acting. They, they got there's so many Republicans like the governor of uh, Georgia and the governor of uh, the the, the uh, uh, secretary of state of Georgia who are basically New World Order people. They're not Republican or Democrat, and when they're told to do things, they do things, and so they're totally betraying Trump. So Democrat and Republican is kind of something they use like you want to buy Tide or Cheer for your laundry detergent? Well, whether you buy Tide or Cheer, Procter & Gamble wins. And except for Trump <laughs> and Rand Paul and a few other people like uh, Congressman Massey, Congressman Jim Jordan, Massey, except for a few people, me. you're buying New World Order stuff whether you support Republicans or Democrats. So I don't know if Patrick agrees with all that, but I certainly appoint, uh, agreed with the points that he made.
1: Well, I know Kelly would like to chime in on that. He's got his hand up. Uh, so go ahead, okay. Kelly. I thought he had an well, end up. He, he, yeah, he sorry, sorry about that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, the globalists would love to get everybody vaccinated. I mean, that's, you know, Bill Gates and this freaky picture of him with a vaccine, like, I'm going to get you. All right. So, yeah, it's getting very concerning about this whole COVID-19 thing, which we've got to bring on the Leader Dr. H., the leader of the COVID-19 research team, and when you hear this, you're going to be shocked because there is an agenda involved. So I did want to discuss the idea of martial law, stay in office Trump is, which, you know, Jim said, I've heard this, I guess, three times today, and even if Ron Paul was president, um, as a libertarian, hearing the president declaring martial law, just Causes me to shake, okay? Because it's too much hands uh, in in one man. T- it's too much power in one person's hand. So, studying and I've just been opening my constitution well, coming well,
1: through. Well, well, hey, Kelly, real real quick. I'm just getting a check real quick. Normally I would agree with you, but you know what? So, I mean, uh, normally I agree with you, but I mean. If, if, Maybe that's what we need. I really believe that. I mean, maybe. I mean, if you got someone, you know what? I mean, maybe the uh, the old you know philosopher kings is actually a, a better idea than having you know <laughs> having this cabal, you know, of of, of all these people to, to have the power. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I I normally wouldn't disagree as well about you know martial law. It sounds like a movie. Right, something, like something going on in a movie, you know, because Godzilla's attacking or something. But I, I understand about having the power in, in one person's hands, but we, see, I mean, we see what happens when you have a power in the hands of a mob. Go ahead.
2: Well, let me uh, discuss martial law and the Constitution and how it works. Um, which, by the way, it's kind of a surprise. The word martial law is not found in the Constitution. But here's a list of words while I'm studying my constitution I just happened to notice. But, again, martial law is not found specifically in the constitution, but there's death, color, race, intoxicating liquors. That's the 18th Amendment. Sex is in the 19th Amendment. Oh, I guess intoxicating liquors come before sex. Okay. There's laid, taxes laid, (laughs) January 3rd, January 20th, 18th, transportation, militia, um, silver, gold, water, science, arts, roads, ships, doctors, Sports, labor, a oh, well, admit, admit, oh, admission, all right, post, swear. But the exact words, martial law, are not found in the Constitution. That is a term of art that comes from Article 1, Section 8, Subsection 15. The power is in the hands of the Congress. To provide for calling forth the militia, or in today's term, the National Guard, to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions. And in in Article 2, the president is the leader of the militia, the naval forces, and all armed forces. cannot states cannot have uh, armies in times of peace. So the term, you actually look in the index, you do a Google search. The term martial law is not in the Constitution. So Congress has to declare, in order for Trump to do um, martial law, he would need either A, consent from Congress today, which will not happen because the Dems control the House, or B, B, martial law already declared that has not been rescinded now, some conspiracy theorists say that we are under martial law. I'm like, what? But Congress has to declare it, or either right now or in the past, without rescinding it, for Trump to do something radical like that. And again, as a libertarian, it makes me nervous even Ron Paul declared martial law. So that's a point I want to make. And I, I did want to go back to um, – I want to go back to the Pathways – and and by the way, I I, I really like Joseph, um, but there are pathways. The question is, will state legislatures or SCOTUS or the courts go down these pathways?
4: Mm. So I, now that I case. am
1: concerned about, I, I, in, in well, the same thing with Joseph. I'm concerned about that. I I don't. I mean, I'm, I I don't have a lot of for. I don't have a lot of hope either. I I mean, I, but
2: well, I I don't know. I don't go know. Ahead. If one if one state. And I'm going to read Pennsylvania's proposed resolution to take back their power as a state legislature to elect the electors. Article 2, Executive Branch, Article 2, Section 1, Subsection 2, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors, da-da-da-da-da, details. So um, we go into case law, and this is where it gets very interesting. Because there is amazing power, affirmed by the Supreme Court, that the states can say this is irreconcilable, this is irredeemable, we're taking over the elections, let's suppose Pennsylvania, and we're going to get to the Pennsylvania resolution. If Pennsylvania does do this, then we could see Arizona and then possibly Michigan flip or Wisconsin, all it takes is three for Trump, it's over. But it says in this is the court case McPherson versus Blacker, 1892 the appointment of these electors is thus placed absolutely and wholly with the legislatures of the several states. They may be chosen by the legislature, or the legis- legislature may provide that cha- they shall be elected by the people, the state at large, or in districts, other details. The power is conferred upon the legislatures of the states by the Constitution of the United States and cannot be taken from them or modified by their state constitutions. Whatever provision may be made by statute or by the state constitutions, to choose electors by the people, there is no doubt of the right of the legislature to resume the power at any time, for it can neither be taken away nor abdicated." So the legislatures can take it back at any time, and they don't need approval from the governor because it's in the Constitution. I read that Article Two, Section, uh, Section One, Subsection Two. All right. So we go to also another affirmation. Uh, U.S. three, three U.S.C. Uh, section one, two, three, all the way through fifteen discusses things in Article or um, Section three. Um, it discusses again about the power of the state. Okay the power of the state, but we go to knowing this power that states can this is a pathway, are they going to choose it? I do not know, but here is what Pennsylvania has come out as a draft resolution. I won't be surprised if they get it passed.
1: Yeah, but, but they're not really binding though, right I heard about the resolutions in like Pennsylvania, but I heard they're not binding.
2: uh they're binding. The Constitution gives authority to the legislature, not the legislature and the governor, the legislatures. And, again, five of the six contested states hold have a Republican legislature, majority. All right, so I looked at this um, resolution. Um, they have, be it resolved with the General Assembly, uh, there are irregularities, problems with mail-in voting, and um, and They disapprove of the infringement on the General Assembly's sole authority pursuant to the Constitution of the United States to regulate the election of the electoral college delegates so they're basically telling the governor and Secretary of State go take a hike we're going to be, we're going to be in charge uh, let's see disapprove okay they, they, we're specifically telling secretaries of state um, let's see what else Pursuant to our authority, granted in Article 2 of the Constitution of the United States and the numerous illegal acts committed, encouraged and ignored by the governor, secretary of state, and certain election officials, the General Assembly takes back and reverses the power to designate presidential electors for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania for the December 2020 meeting of the Electoral College. And, yeah, so they're basically having a resolution to take back. The power and they are in this resolution vacating the certification by the governor and the secretary of state. This is their, this is step number one. We're taking it back. They pass that resolution, then they can say, you know what, Pennsylvania Trump. Pennsylvania does this and it's got to be done pretty darn soon because tomorrow's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all of the 8th, all disputes have to be resolved. So if one state takes the lead, we could see Michigan, then Arizona. So you get Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, go for Trump, boom, done. Trump will be our president. That is a pathway. SCOTUS is another pathway. Will SCOTUS take it up? There's indications that there's hesitations. And by the way, there was a restructuring by Chief Justice John Roberts, who delegated districts to specific Supreme Court justices. And in many of these states, you have the conservative judges. You remember Alito issued an order that uh, all votes after 8 o'clock on election day have to be set aside. That was Alito's district, federal district, which includes many states. So we could see one state turned by SCOTUS and two by the legislatures. We could could see three states turned by the legislature, one by SCOTUS these pathways are still there by law, by constitution, by case law. The question is, is there – two questions. One, is there enough time? Number two, is the will there? And I don't know if the will is there because I'd rather see well, that than mark the law. Well, what's that? I mean –
11: you're going to, you're going to, you're saying, you're. he's asking the question, is the will there? The will is going to wane when the power starts to exert itself. And, and the power has started to exert itself. So people are going to get scared and they're going to back off. Um, some people are going to be uh, bribed off. I mean, it's, it, I mean, I, I I don't want to talk too much on the pathway I don't know you know we'll see what happens With all of that But you know right now those are words On on paper and because The people didn't back it up With what they really Believe it's just Words on paper now So now You're fighting you know You're saying well we're going to use Mm -hmm. These laws and these words that have Been written Um but how much did did everyone stand by those words over the years while they were being chewed up? Like it's, it's, it's interesting to hear, um, you know, people going to the law and it's like people have to understand that the laws are just merely words written on paper. man. if people haven't been, you know, really living by those, you know, and, and some, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how strong they are anymore, and it's sad to see. It really is. It's really sad because it didn't have to be this way. Um, And uh, and and I'll just give you. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of how how these things turn and how people can be easily manipulated. I don't know. Do you guys know the story of Leo Frank? Leo Frank was a, um, was a Jewish guy back in, I think, 1915 or so, or ni- early 1900s, who owned a factory in Georgia, I think it was. I think it is. And Leo Frank, he was a Jewish business owner, and Leo Frank raped and killed a young white girl. He called one of his the people that were working in there, black gentlemen, to go and help him dispose of the body, which the black gentleman did. He didn't want to, but you know he was scared. he went to dispose of the body when it, when it came out what had happened, and they found this girl's body, you know they Leo Frank blamed it on the black guy. So the black guy went down to the police station, they interrogated him. And, Lord knows what else they did to him, but they even they even the, the police came out and said the black we believe this black guy we don't think he did it like we don't think he he did this. So the black guy testified in court, and Leo Frank was convicted. Lo and behold, the money interest in his group, um, can't we're going to get him out? We're going to free him. Um, they didn't want him to do any time in jail. Any more time in jail So the people in Georgia Came to the courthouse They pulled Leo Frank out And they hung him They took him out somewhere and they hung him On a tree There's pictures of What immediately happened after that Is that the Jewish interest got together And said we cannot allow this to happen again So they created what is known As shortly after The anti-defamation League. Because they didn't want to be the face Even if they were guilty Of these types of crimes And, and they didn't want the ire of the other white people To come down on them um, So they created the Anti-Defamation League They also started The movie industry around that time Like um, coming, you know, Some time after then And they took the book The Birth of a Nation and made a movie out of it And what they did was They had the exact Same thing that Leo Frank did to the young white girl although this time they put a black face on it they made it a black guy and they put the black people in and made them the face of criminality after then the Klan was re-energized and there was a whole string of of, of hangings and castration and and burning alive of black people after then the people were deceived But they had so much hate in their heart, they they were willingly deceived. And instead of looking at the people that were doing the harm, they let them put a black face on it, and now they started killing black people. See what I mean? So these things happen because you have to make up your mind what kind of country you want to live in. You have to make up your mind what kind of morals and values you're going to have and how you're going to carry those through. Because if you don't, then this, this thing is going gonna, is gonna to come down real hard on all of us. And the United States was the last bastion. But because the people couldn't get the people, and this is all, everything that's going on now is because of the people of the United States. I don't blame politicians. I don't blame the money interest. I don't blame the banks. It's the people, the masses, that have allowed this to happen over the years. And until the masses get their heads together and say, look, Man, we, we have to do things fairly from here on out. Like, we have, to, we have to cut out all this BS. Then this thing is going to continue. They will be able to continue to divide people, they will be able to deflect. So now you have this election coming up. The elect, let's say the election is stolen, and now Biden is in. What do the same people that did that with Leo Frank and Leo Frank and this ill, what did they do back then? They put a black face on it. What did they do now? They knew that people were going to be mad. They knew that you were going to rise up. What did they do? What came out the next day? Black people put Joe Biden over the top. Don't be mad at us. Be mad at those black people. They're the ones who put Joe Biden over the top, which we didn't. If you look at the numbers, we didn't. We didn't vote in high numbers. What happened was the down ballot, the down ballot. Um, vote. You can tell they were kind of low because we didn't vote, but somehow the presidential vote was high. When you vote Democrat, you vote straight down the ballot. How was the presidential ballot high but nobody voted for Democrats? And you know, it's so it's it's you. You got to figure this out. Like the people have to figure this out. You know, this is not about the politics. The people have to figure this out. And as long as you're easily divided, as long as you let them put somebody else in the forefront, you know, you're letting the same people who own CNN, who own MSNBC, these are the same people that were down with Leo Frank back in the early 1900s, they're saying, don't blame us. Blame these black people over here. They're the ones who did it. So now they they know people are going to rise up. Right, so now they're trying to put it on black people. So now that your ire will be on black, we're we'll easily distracted, it, right? It goes into your biases and all that kind of stuff, and you start to think, oh well, these people did it while they continue to to, to control and run things and continue to take over of the United States. So, I, I you know I just kind of want to appeal to people: you have to figure out what it is. The words on the paper are not going to save you. From what's happening and what's about to happen, the only thing that's going to save you is yourself, and how you and and, and the people got to say, hey, we got to stop this. We, we got to we, we we got to be better than. This. And that's- well,
1: and we got and we got John on the line, so I'm going to get him. We're unfortunately run out of time. But time does go quickly. These three hours, but so we're going to bring John on. But I do have a few comments on that. Is that what do we need to do? Is one, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, regardless of how the election turns out, I mean, we have to, to soldier on, you know, in our own lives. I mean, we still got to make living, we still got to take care of our families, things of that nature, uh, and that thing won't stop. I mean, I mean, I'm even tempted. I've even been tempted lately to just walk away from the whole damn thing. Cause I'm getting kind of sick and freaking tired of it. Um, uh, but the thing is, is I mean, you, you want to, you feel like, I mean, there's times I just want to just walk away and say, forget it. I'm just going to watch Netflix have bonfires and drink beer. Um, but, of course, the, 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 I mean, because, of, I mean, the futility of it sometimes creeps in, you know, but we have to fight. And, and I hate to say it is what, what uh, I think Jim was alluding to earlier. We've talked about this other times on the show is that we don't want a French revolution style civil war style battle on our hands but if the american people at least half of us don't believe that the ballot box is the place to you know to have our you know our grievances answered so to speak to feel like there's going to be a sense of right and justice by going to the ballot box and getting the right people in, if we think, I mean, if that's the last passion, I mean, we're certainly not going to take 50 years trying to take over the education system, you know, or Hollywood or the media. There just isn't the time. There, there isn't the time. Unfortunately, as history has shown, there's only one route to cause quick change. And unfortunately throughout history, and I'm not advocating this, I'm just pointing this out, and I don't like us to be in this position, but the the only mode of change that happens swiftly, unfortunately, comes from some violence. I think that's where we might be heading. If, we, if, if we're going to fight, if there's going to be a fight, if it can't be judiciously, if it can't be through the justice system, if it can't be through the political system, you know, maybe protests to say, to say, hey, look, we know what you're doing, we don't like it, we're trying to give you a shot across the bow to say we're going to do this in the form of protest. That's that's probably a good, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, because fear. And let me tell you something. Fear works. Look at all those people who got scared to death because of BLM and all the riots and all the looting and all and stuff like that. No, I'm not saying that we take that route, but that route seems to work. But so I'm saying let's not quite go there, but we should at least show, we at least need to show ourselves in massive numbers. To say, hey, look, we're on to you. We know what you're doing. We don't like it. Unless, and, and, and basically say, unless you want a French Revolution-style takeover by we the people, then you need to get your act together, because we are getting to the point where people are having these conversations, and they are having these conversations. People are having these conversations. People are wondering about it. You know, people. You know, and so the thing is, is they. Fear works, and maybe the American people need to put fear in these uh, in these folks. Because um, I don't know what I mean. I don't know what other recourse we've got. Um, I mean, we, we if we if we can't fix the ballot box, I mean, what else is there? I mean, it's either one of two things: if you can't beat them, join them, walk away, and be and just stay out of the system, or you know, fight in a way that we really don't want to fight. Um I mean again I don't I hate having these types of conversations. I hate bringing up, bringing up these possibilities. Uh, but right. what other what other choice are they handing people? But let's go ahead and break Jim. Uh Jim. Let's go ahead and break John in. we only got uh ten minutes and so I'd like to get a few comments from you, John, and then I'll have to get uh our closing comments for tonight. We still got a number of people on I'd like to get closing comments from. Uh and then we'll uh you know, we'll go. I mean, cause we. I mean, I've I've got about seven minutes, and then to so take a couple minutes, and I'll have to give maybe give each person about forty-five seconds for closing comments. after closing out for the night. Um, go ahead, John.
8: Hey, hey, everybody! It's great to hear. Is everybody still on? Patrick, Jim, and Robert, and Kelly, and Holly, Oh yeah, we're Chris, all on. Holly, yep. Major Dave.
1: No, he he he's had to go.
8: Oh, well. What I was curious about, I mean, definitely I have considerable amount of stuff I want to say, but with the short amount of time, I was hoping that you would try something, Rob. In approximately eleven minutes or thereabouts, when the show would normally end, don't touch your dashboard. Just leave it alone. Let the BTR system end the recording of the show, but the actual phone conference call will continue just like you're talking right now. And that way, you can just go ahead and talk beyond that point. It just won't be recording anymore. Give it a try and see if it works for you. Well, eventually that okay? it does
1: end. Eventually, the show does end. Yeah, yeah I mean, it'll eventually. They'll
8: about. After about four or five hours, yeah. I've, okay. this way, I've, Go ahead. I was just going to say, the 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 first-hand eyewitness experience that I know of, it has never cut off until we got so tired we just had to say goodbye and hang up. Well, I've had a long day. It's almost hours. 1
1: a.m. here, so I'm, I, <laughs> I'll probably have to do that. because, As I mentioned earlier in the show, we still have to take care of our families, too. Um and so, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to call it then. Um,
4: it's, yeah. It's,
1: well, it's, I, plus it won't be part of the podcast. But go
8: ahead. Okay. Let me go, say. But I was just hoping you would try it, so that way we could talk longer if you wanted to. But anyway, the point that uh, Patrick, I believe, is making is just another way of saying what I've been trying to say for a long time. We need to figure out how to work by mutual assent. Otherwise, there's we're going to no end up in a there's,
1: there's no, there's no way that's over that's over john that's, that's over it's never going to happen it, it never would it never would happen but it's it's never going to happen it just it, well, is you're it not ever Rob, it's, what, john it's not willing reality if you're not willing it's, about, it's, it's impossible it's, let's just put on it is impossible we we know it what we're a going to be two sides
8: we do have a yeah, center. Wait, let me finish. We, we do have a Declaration of Independence, and we do have under the First Amendment to the Constitution, Congress shall make no law abridging the right of people to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So right there, I mean, just like Patrick was saying, do we really believe that enough people have uh, are willing to hold themselves in true obedience to these words, or is it just... Make believe now nobody's going to listen To anybody about it because we've broken Those things so often That nobody thinks there's any credibility In it we have to figure out how To repair the breach somehow And work by mutual assent And quit trying to you know Win or take all railroad each other Otherwise you're right there is No other option but to fight Well and,
1: and
4: Because we're thinking. running
1: out of, Yeah because we're running out of time and I, I Unfortunately I don't even know if I have time for for, for For much uh closing comments and I, I guess I'll just have the closing things out, is is this it's coming to the point, and I guess let's say we'll just do a yes or no on this because we don't have time for elaboration talking about unity and it's a unity that's never going to happen it can't happen we cannot we okay here's the thing, John, and this is my question to everyone here, yes or no, okay, John. We can't we can't have mutual assent. You got to pick a side. I think that it's we're at a point where you have to pick a side. It, it, because we we can't unify as these people are suggesting. Because the thing is, is the fact of the matter is, is, when Trump was president, there was no unification. They didn't unify. They didn't try to work with them. They wouldn't even admit but to you, anything. You got to – Oh, hold on. No, no. Please don't interrupt me because I'm I'm going to mute my. Because we don't have a lot of time. The thing is, is when Trump was president, even when things, even such as peace going on in the Middle East, the other side would not give him any credit for it. They wouldn't even report on it because they couldn't report anything good to the Trump administration. And now these same people, you know, are calling for unity. We can't have it. We, we we can't have it because if we unify, they win. And they will be emboldened, and they will know. Well, we could just do this every year. we could just do this all the time and they and they will we can't unify we can't have mutual mutualssent. these are we, what we need to start coming up to the realization and this and they brought this upon themselves they are they are becoming our not our opponents, they are becoming our enemy that's where it's coming to I don't like it I don't like it at all. These are fellow Americans, and I don't want them to be my enemy okay but, but the thing is is. They 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 are and that the biggest enemy I think Jim pointed this out is is the media. So I'll end it with this, you know, with closing comments. I mean, yes or no? And I'll go down the line here. I mean, do you think it's time we have to unify? uh, You know, unify with these people, Joseph?
6: Absolutely not. Time to unify? No. Holly? No. No unification. No. No unification. Unification is impossible. I agree with you. We're down to two sides. We try to play that game for over 40, 50, 60 years. Look where it has gotten us. I agree with you 100%, Robert. No unification because it's a myth, it's a utopia. It's impossible at this point.
1: Holly? Okay, I have Holly on the line, but I don't hear from her yet. What about you, Jim? What do you think?
9: No, absolutely not. There's there's nothing to unify on. We have a, exact opposite principles on every key point.
2: Absolutely not. There's too many Americans that just don't like the idea of forced compassion. And that's what socialism is.
1: And Patrick,
11: I'm assuming you guys are still talking politics left and right, you know, Democrat and Republican. I'm not sure about well, no, no. that we're kind talk, of a no, thing. Ta- no,
1: we're not talking no, about Trump. Talk, we're, ta- we're talking do, pro-American, okay, so, so, anti-American.
11: We're talking Do you know material. how many people that you think that are on the other side of are having the exact same conversations that you guys are? It's about oh, about aggregating sure they are. Power of people. It's about aggregating power, not on the opposite side, having the exact same conversation about not taking the vaccine and having to take up arms against the government. But you guys can't but both but the people that believe that can't aggregate their power because they're they're polarized. Even though they have some of the same thing. So I believe in aggregation of power right now is not possible because of polarization and political polarization.
9: No, no, but Patrick, it's because we don't have anything. We're talking about freedom versus tyranny. Anybody that doesn't want to force vaccine, I'm with them.
1: Tyranny and and I'm not saying we have to take up arms against their government. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that if things don't change, they may force people's hands to do that. I'm not calling for it. I'm calling for the people to say, "Hey, if, uh, uh, you know, if you don't want that to happen, if the, if you don't want, a, you know, if, if the power, the, the powers that be don't want a French-style revolution, they need to realize you guys are you guys are pushing people in that direction." And I, they don't either. They don't see it, or they, or it doesn't matter, because, it, or, they, or they don't think it matters, or maybe they think, you know what, people will calm down and people will be civil. And but basically, that's what I think. You know, COVID is all about how far can we push the, not just the American people, but how far can we push the uh, the, the the population of the world? How far can we push, the, you know, uh, the the non-political class? How far can we push them? And when we had people who we're missing they're telling people to miss holidays and, and, and funerals and, and weddings and people's birthdays and if people are dying of COVID you can't go in the the to get to see them, you know, be with them as they pass. Oh, uh, you now you gotta wear a mask and you know, you gotta do all this stuff. You know, it's like I, I think COVID was a test. Either that either COVID was a test for the world or COVID was set up by the Chinese government to weaken the United States. You know. And and give the Democrats, you know, that's real conspiratorial thinking. Giving the Democrats, uh,
4: you know, re,
1: uh, reason to try to get rid of Trump. But of course, I think I do. I I think President Trump was the biggest threat to the to the globalists there there there, there ever been in the past 50 years. That's why they had to do everything in their power as blatant as they can in, in full in full view, because they had to get rid of they had to get rid of them. And the thing is, is I know so many people literally love Donald Trump because they say it at his rallies, that, that they can't try to assassinate him because they think he'll be a martyr, which maybe he would be, you know, and, you know. Plus, we we got some great Secret Service people, you know, which I you know, so it, it's a mess. I mean, it, it's a mess. We, we're not calling for, and I, I only got a minute or so left. And I, I guess I could let let it keep going, but you know, again, there's only. You know, I've got work and stuff
8: too, but um, Just to let it go it, for a little bit longer.
1: Yeah. You know, well, well, and, and again, I, I appreciate everybody you know coming on the show next week. You know, again, I I don't want you know the listeners of the show to get us get us wrong because I know there's some people who who think you know we're saying oh we need to raise up our arms and grab our guns and pitchforks and and storm the government. I, I'm not. No, I'm not saying. I'm not calling for that. I'm saying that if because I'm only one. I can't call for that anyway. You know, but what I'm saying is these conversations are starting to be had, and they're not just being had here on Bard's logic. They're being had here all throughout the country, you know, all and maybe even all throughout the planet, you know. Because remember, before all this stuff, remember populism, not just in the United States with the election of, of Trump. I mean, look, look, you know, the populism in the elections all across, you know, in, in Europe, you see populist presidents becoming elected. You know. Yes, you're so, right. You know, so it's it, it's happening all across the world. So these the people who are trying to, you know, as you said, uh, Jim, tyranny versus freedom. You know, they're test they're testing us, and we've got to we got to say, look, we're not going to go quietly into the night. We're we're going to let you know we realize what you're doing, we don't like what you're doing, and and you know, we we want to have a peaceful way, you know, to get, you know, get it when we still have our freedoms, where you're not trying to control us.
8: But just so Robert, look at no the wisdom between people. all of the people. Look at the wisdom between all of the people that come on your show over the many years. We get hung up on these certain aspects, and we're not really listening to each other. I mean, when Patrick brought up that we got to point out the, what what our actual freedom is, we talk about. Freedom but we never actually Put any really details As to what it actually is What's it look like what is freedom We just say the word but each person Has their own idea of what that freedom is
1: Well and that's why that, And again because and because Everyone has their own idea Of what their freedom is That's one of the reasons why I say John That the whole mutual assent is impossible Because there's no way That that everyone is going to be able to get what their sense of freedom is, because well, I might I might say going and just you know taking advantage of any person I want, anytime I want is my is, is, is you know it, it's my freedom. My freedom dictates that that's what I'm able to do. Well, that, uh, that means I'm my freedom is going to be infringing on someone else.
8: So, but exactly, wait a minute, you because- can't infringe my freedom. My freedom is limited, Rob, in the sense that I get to live my life, you know, live and let live but do no harm. And when I start doing harm, that's when my freedom ends.
6: But I also agree with Robert that freedom and principles are also subject to interpretation. They're always subject to interpretation. Your version of principles and freedoms can be polar opposite to me, and that's where I 100% agree with Robert on that. That's why it's a very, very slippery slope. When we start talking about what kind of principles we want to have, well, that's subject to interpretation in every way, shape, or form. You probably have other people right now, as Robert said on another podcast, who are touting quite the opposite, and they completely believe it. So that's why ideology is a dangerous game, but it's reality. Your freedom and your principles can be polar opposite to mine, and that's where I couldn't agree with uh, you more. It's tyranny versus freedom. It's just as simple as that. Uh, it's 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 not that complicated when it comes to which side are you choose. And uh, I have chosen the side of freedom, not tyranny. But I, I will agree, it is subject to interpretation. What what is my version of freedom? My version of freedom is a is a is a land of uh, of laws that we abide by the laws in the constitution that we uh, allow we don't allow uh, open borders, uh, oh. that we allow legal immigration, we don't give entitlements to illegal immigrants. You know, so my principles, and those are just certain examples, my, my version of America may be completely polar opposite to you. So I don't think anyone is ever going to be right. It's more going to be like, look, this is my vision, these are my principles, these are my convictions, this is what I believe in, and no one else is going to sway me any other way. You guys persuade me
8: because I'm smart enough to know that some people are smarter than me and whenever I hear it, then I can change what I think before because whenever I was in high school, I thought differently than I do today. And if I didn't understand that and grow, then I'm just an ignorant person that's borrowing trouble.
11: You don't have to be 100% aligned to aggregate your power and to aggregate your numbers. You just have to be aligned on the on the key issues and the and key principles. Yes, people can have different uh definitions of what they think freedom is. But you can define it in a way that you can agree on some things. Right? That you can agree on some tenants that are well defined and you can say if this is this what you want? Do you want to take the vaccine? Do you want to be forced to take the vaccine? Do you want your children to be forced to take the vaccine? Do you want this to happen to you? Do you want martial law? Do you want these things? You can agree. And there's a lot of people that are on the other side of the aisle that are having these conversations that you probably wouldn't even think are having these kind of conversations. They don't want this stuff. They don't want any. So
1: why, of this. Well, the why? If they are on the other side and they don't want any of this, there are those who genuinely did vote for Biden. Why in the hell would they vote for Biden if they didn't want any of this? Biden, a Biden administration that's going to that, that's going to promote it and, and try to make it happen.
8: People want this that they don't want. That people, hey, Ro- people.
2: Hey,
4: right.
11: <clears throat> <clears throat> <throat> yeah.
2: <clears throat> I want to put my hand up here. Okay, so uh, Patrick, is that is that your name from Toronto? Yes. I really like your perspective and. I can tell by the way you communicate your thinking very carefully through your points. And so I, I sure hope you come back to another show. Um, but there's some news flash from uh, Arizona. A judge granted uh, in one lawsuit to grab 100 ballots randomly and check out the results. They found 3%, that would be 3 out of 100, where the ballots had been flipped from Trump over to Biden. When you take that across – yeah, this is just just in. And uh, if you take that, multiply it across the state, Trump wins Arizona. And so the judge granted even more discovery and more ballots, which – what would be the point of that? Well, if they prove in multiple situations, say Maricopa County or Pima County or both – that there is this mass 3% flip, then the state legislature can say, you know what, Trump. Um, and then Pennsylvania, that's strongly leading the, Michigan to have two days, two days of hearings. It looks like Michigan could go down that pathway if there's enough time, if there's enough will. And then Georgia from uh, Sidney Powell's, She's motioning to – and she's going to get to SCOTUS – to decertify by SCOTUS, decertify the Georgia um, electoral college votes. That is a bold, gutsy move, but if, if you see a flip by the legislatures of Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and uh, Georgia is nullified, bam, Biden's, uh, Biden is done so it's mind blowing and we have till Tuesday at midnight, and there are many people who are more exhausted than I am I've been up till three in the morning one night till four in the morning I've been up till three in the morning uh so many nights trying to gather this that that do something um my county supervisor responded to something i I gave her yesterday and uh so i i i'm gonna i send it out to peer review tonight while we're on the show. But basically, here's the solution, not just for now, but long-term. I would not want to be a county election clerk or a county supervisor because our votes are basically done at the county level. And then the results are sent to the Secretary of State. The Secretary of State says, okay, I look at these counties, this and that. Everything's good. Okay, certify it. Send it to the governor, certify it. Then his duty under Title Three of the United States Code is to go ahead and send your electoral slate. And then an electoral college meets. Now, <laughs> the reason I would not want to be in a county position right now, because there's going to be so many people calling my office, be it a supervisor or a county election official. I would not want to be in their position because what you bought these machines that are fraudulent in other states, and you're what the heck are you? What do, uh, and this happened like ten years ago here in Mississippi County. Uh, the calls, the calls are flooding in, and people not happy with the county election clerk. So I actually have a solution that I'm going to present to my supervisor. That right now I believe I have a listening ear, and uh, but uh, that's for another show. I don't have time. But the reality is, we are facing a the liberty, we the liberty and the rule of law, and enforcing the rule of law <laughs> that we have that has made. The constitution, liberty, and the rule of law which has made our country great. We're facing that or the totalitarianism of the socialists who want forced compassion, which is only an excuse for the the acquisition of power. And in I, that Kelly, power, once they have it, they will continue they will continue to have illegal, fraudulent elections and our country's over.
9: Kelly, let me ask a question real quick you keep saying we have till tuesday what is so special about this coming tuesday
2: okay <clears throat> this is from two sources but it happens to be title 3 of the united states codes which defines how to do how to determine the electoral college for president but i have in front of me the national conference of state legislators and the electoral college in 2020 they present a calendar okay so we go November 3rd, Election Day, n- December 8th, deadline for resolving elections disputes. All state recounts and court contests over presidential election results must be completed by the state. Three, Title III, three, 3 U.S.C., Section 5. <clears throat> okay. Then you have December 14th, meeting of the electors, and this is, again, in Title three, and it declares <coughs> that the um, – First Monday after the second Wednesday of December is when the Electoral College meets. This is United States code. And then on January sixth, the joint session of Congress, they count the votes. So this there it is. That is our deadline. Now if SCOTUS can somehow extend the deadline due to fraud, well that would be great. So they have to they get another like tell the thirteenth to resolve all these disputes because of fraud. Will the Supreme Court do this? I doubt it, but say, okay, all of the disputes can there's an extension until December 13th due to fraud. okay. Then the electoral college meets on 14th. Do, do you think the United States Supreme Court is going to delay the December 14th date where the electoral college meets this is this is pretty much set in stone December. 14th. I doubt if the U.S. Supreme Court will extend the Electoral College to say maybe the 24th or maybe the 28th of December. I doubt that. But the Supreme Court might extend December 8th to maybe December 13th. So I mean, you can look it up at three USC sections 1 through 15. I believe
9: I believe you. I'm, I I, I'm, I agree with you also, Kelly, that I'm scared also of martial law. Um, because even if Trump did it with trying to get us to a free election, he could be taken out of the picture somehow. And that could be the framework for permanent tyranny. But uh, but I'm also afraid of these crooks who st- obviously stole the election, taken over to the government for the next 20 years. Because I think it would be more than four. Um I take it, Robert, that the idea of extending the program worked. <laughs> no,
1: well, it's a lot, It's allowing us to talk. It's just not going to be part of the podcast,
9: right? No, but I mean,
1: yeah. So, since we're on a conference call, we're able to we're able to talk, which I don't know how long we okay. to keep things going. But um, it will allow us yeah. to talk. But it's just it's not good. Not nothing we say is going to be on the podcast. None of it's going to be okay. recorded. In the podcast. Gotcha.
9: Could I? Re- no one has responded to. Patrick's thing about Leo Frank and blaming the blacks on the, in that particular case, the black guy in that particular case, and then he, he, Patrick brought up about now people are being encouraged to blame black people for electing Biden. I honestly don't think Patrick, uh, of all the conversations I've heard since election day, in, in the white community primarily, I've I've never heard anyone suggest that that they're turning any kind of wrath in that way towards. Black people. I'll tell you what is a worry though, for me, and probably for you too. The George Soros type bankers are funding Black Lives Matter and Antifa because these groups have like, what, a billion, a billion, B, a billion and a half dollars. Those didn't come from $25 donations. No group that has that kind of money got it from $100. And what they're doing, especially with this McCloskey situation in St. Louis, they're encouraging white people to think that Black Lives Matter, even though it's half white, even though it's – and you check this out. You watch this carefully. It's being directed by young Jewish people in their 20s who are taking orders from the bankers. Everywhere you it's, look, it's, if you – huh? It's not a black organization. People we'll know that.
11: That's why if you no. go to Black People Now, they'll say, we 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 were down with the slogan, but not with the not with the organization because right. that came out no, no. years ago.
4: Yeah.
11: I agree. It's not a black organization.
9: It's a white organization. I agree. It's a a, a Jewish organization. White people are standing around as confused as anybody. And they want the blacks and the whites on the street level fighting each other. They divide and conquer. And that's what they're trying to encourage with Black Lives Matter. And that's more to be worried because I do know certain white people do quickly jump to the conclusion it's the black people. And, and of course – The ones who do sympathize with Black Lives Matter in the black community are such a small minority. I always tell people, everybody I run into at the grocery store or whatever, since all this flared up, black people and white people are being overly polite to each other. Most, Most people don't want to be fighting their neighbor. And let me mention one other thing. And, Patrick, I wish you would go to this website called This Age of Plenty and look at it because it is the solution, in my opinion for helping poor people and middle-class people get a share of the action in the United States, which is so possible now. But the bankers and their allies are skimming about seven, $8 trillion a year off the U.S. economy, and they're using it to build what Alex Jones calls the prison planet. That's how so few people have so much power. They run the media, they issue all the money, and they control the three computer vote fraud companies. That's a lot of power. So, so it's what that what should be happening with that eight trillion dollars is it should be being put into the spending pockets of the of the people, the middle class, the lower class, and so forth. Because we got a new situation in the world, and this is for everybody. We got a new situation in the world since Henry Ford and the car and mass production, and that is we don't need all the people. produce the goods anymore machines and computers are doing so much of it that you're never going to get enough money in the pocket of of the people anymore by just wages and andrew yang was trying to get at this the democratic candidate he was trying to say um give everybody a thousand dollars a month actually if it was right properly now it would be a dividend called about 1600 a month but it would go up and down depending on how many goods were being produce alaska gives about seven two to seven thousand dollars a year to all its residents because of their extra oil income so all i'm saying is instead of this eight trillion going to the bankers it should be put either by a dividend you know like we got the twelve hundred dollars from the democrats and trump a monthly dividend which would be about eighteen thousand a year right now based on the goods and services the machines are producing or you could put it in be common person's hands another way I just don't know any other way um, But that, it's somehow got to Get into the spending of the people There's no reason everybody should be Paying for their house three times There's no reason a lot of poor people And a lot of black people have never owned a home There's no reason for that We now are in the age of plenty But these daggone bankers over their media Are acting like we're in the age of total collapse We're all going to collapse And it's all a function of them withholding money which should be in the pockets of the people. Okay, sorry for the sermon, Robert, but I just wanted to get that out. (laughs) I do agree
6: agree with Kelly. Uh,
9: I cringe at at anyone talking about martial law,
6: and if that ever does happen, and next election cycle around, power gets into the Dems, we will be setting the most dangerous precedent ever for now any side to be able to use that, and we will cease to be a constitutional republic. I'm um, with that 100% on Kelly. Martial law? No, not at that way, not at that cost. Because then we go. Well, oh wait a minute! Wait,
9: what? What about, slope what about that
6: the we never recover from?
9: But I, but I agree with Robert that we may have to do that. What's worse than somebody yeah. obviously stealing an election and we live under criminals for the rest of our lives because they'll right. always use this mail-in uh, bogus vote? There should be but, no yeah, mail-in is, yeah. votes. Yeah. This to be yeah. This is just gonna. This is just gonna embolden
1: them, and it's gonna embolden the media too. I mean, they, I mean, really, as we said here, they are the true enemy. The media is the yeah. true enemy of the people, and and if and if this if this steal is allowed to go go, and Biden Harris, you know, they're gonna they're gonna do it again. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they do it again? They were successful the first time, you know. Nothing no, nothing breeds repetition better. You know more than more than success, you know?